WMRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the AC Delco 500. Back at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, most of the drivers have already climbed aboard their cars, getting ready to get down to business for a little better than four hours in the 500-mile event here at the racetrack this afternoon. Let's take a look at that starting grid. Back in 40th position, Charlie Baker in the Baker Racing Buick. Jimmy Means will start 39th in the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. 38th, Jim Bowne in the Heinz 57 Pontiac. There's quite a story there that we'll talk about as the afternoon goes by. 37th, Tracy Leslie in the Detroit Gasket Oldsmobile. 36th, Ted Musgrave in the Musgrave Racing Chevrolet. The STP Pontiac belongs to Richard Petty, and that will be back in 35th position. 34th, road racer Tommy Kendall in the EDS Racing Chevrolet. 33rd is Mike Skinner of the Glidden Paints Racing Buick. 32nd, Rick Jeffrey in the Kentucky Fried Chicken Chevrolet. And 31st, Jack Pennington in the Sandoz Chemicals Oldsmobile. 30th is Larry Pearson in the GM Auctions Chevrolet. 29th, Sterling Marlin driving the Sunoco Oldsmobile. Darrell Waltrip has the Tide Chevrolet in 28th starting spot. 27th is Bobby Hillen. He's from Midland, Texas, driving the Snickers Buick. 26th is Chad Little. He has the Pelco Ford in the field. 25th is Dave Marcus with Mike Miller's Big Apple Markets Chevrolet. 24th is Jeff Purvis. He drives Neil Bonnet's car, the Plastic Coat Chevrolet. 23rd is Jimmy Hensley in the Crown Petroleum Oldsmobile. 22nd starter is Morgan Shepard. That's Bud Moore's Motorcraft Ford. And we've already heard from Mark Martin, who is the Winston Cup Point leader starting 21st in the Folgers coffee ford back in 20th dale earnhardt in the gm goodrich chevrolet starting 19th rusty wallace in the miller genuine draft pontiac that's going to be a good combination to watch there when they put them under green to watch those three cars try to cut up to the front of the pack back in 18th is brett bodine in the quaker state racing buick 17th rick wilson in the dinner bell food lion oldsmobile 16th is mike waltrip in the country time maxwell house pontiac 15th starter Derek cope in the pure later filter chevrolet 14th is dick trickle in the trop arctic motor oil pontiac the Rebestus Brakes Racing Buick will start 13th with Hut Strickland aboard as the driver. 12th position belongs to Terry Labonte in the Magic Market Skull Classic Oldsmobile. And the 11th starter is Ricky Rudd in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Good qualifying run for Dale Jarrett in the Wood Brothers Sitco Ford. He'll start 10th. 9th is Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Films Chevrolet. Eighth starter is Rick Mast out of Rockbridge Baths, Virginia, the Banquet Frozen Foods Chevrolet. Seventh starter is Jeff Bodine out of Chemung, New York, the Budweiser Ford. Going in sixth, Kyle Petty. He's in the peak Uniden Pontiac. Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, starts fifth with the Coors Melling Ford. Fourth starter is Harry Gant in the Food Lion Skull Oldsmobile. Going third, Alan Kowicki driving the Xerox Ford. And the front row, Davey Allison in the Texaco Haviland Ford and Ken Schrader aboard the Kodiak Chevrolet at 147.814 miles an hour. Ken Schrader is on. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. If you're looking for COVID-19 testing, look into Quest, the lab that's processed over 25 million tests and counting. You can get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. 
Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's experience and accuracy you can trust from Quest, the largest medical testing lab in the country. So order today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Enjoy. Thanks. E, order breakfast at the McDonald's drive through Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. A poll. Here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham, the car's still on pit road, warming the temperatures just a bit on the oil, all the fluids getting themselves set to go. It is a 1.017-mile racetrack, just a tick over one mile. So consequently, 492 laps make up 500 miles here at Rockingham. We're looking at about a a four-and-a-half-hour race here today. You know, it's interesting, Barney, we look back over the last number of races, and we've, I guess, in many regards, taken for granted the fact that Chevrolet has had a strength hold on the manufacturer's championship having won the last seven in a row but Ford has now won the last four races in succession. Bill Elliott at Dover, Jeff Bodine at Martinsville Mark Martin at the North Wilkesboro Speedway and then Davey Allison at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. It looks as though Ford teams making a concerted run at the National Manufacturers Championship just five points behind Chevy and that could bode well for a number of the top starters here today if this particular streak hangs on. Well, the qualifying, the way it is, there's an equal, about an equal number of cars among the top 10 or 15 positions in Ford and General Motors products. So it's going to be kind of up for grabs as to what happens here today. As we said, I think the key to winning here at Rockingham is pretty well what Darrell Waltrip said the other day, that you must wait and let the race come to you. If you try to force it early at this racetrack, you won't be around at the end. The weather, if you just joined our broadcast, it is just about as pretty your day as you could ask for to go racing or have a picnic or anything else for that matter. The temperature is going to be around 70 degrees, somewhere in that range, so it'll be very comfortable on pit road for the crews. They have yet to pull the cars onto pit road, and apparently now they began to move a little bit, and they will be going onto the racetrack. Three laps, the indication? That's correct. They'll be giving them three laps to uh warm up the uh, cars and get themselves set to go. Again, it's not cold. Barney's been telling you it's right around 70 degrees, but nevertheless, three laps will be taken. This is the third event of the racing weekend here at Rockingham. If you weren't with us on the broadcast yesterday, Steve Grissom picked up the victory in the AC Delco 200 for the Bush Grand National cars. Grissom from Gadsden, Alabama drove his Oldsmobile to victory ahead of Dale Earnhardt, who finished second, Morgan Shepard third, Mark Martin fourth, and Dave May who finished in the fifth spot. Chuck Bowne finished in 18th position, and that was enough to clinch for him the Bush Grand National Series Championship with the second-place point man, Jimmy Hensley, finishing down in 25th position. So our congratulations to Chuck Bowne, the Hensley family, and all who work on that uh, Nescafe Classic machine. They have the Bush Grand National Series Championship tucked away. And certainly yesterday, Barney, you uh, covered the uh, victory for Bill Elliott's crew, the Coors Ford Grand grabbing the Unical uh, Rockingham Pit Crew Championship. Well, that was as close, and the suspense went right down to the end. Tim Brewer's Budweiser team and Junior Johnson's was the last car to go out, and uh, almost everybody had predicted maybe those two teams might be the teams that would uh, win that uh, Pit Crew Championship, and they just missed it by 
I, I forgot what Morris Metcalf said. It, it was about like the blink of an eye is how much the difference was. Exactly. The time was 24.002 seconds for the Coors Ford to 24.021 for the Budweiser Ford team. Talking to some of the Coors crew members this morning, they said that in years past they always tried something new, something different to try and give them an added advantage in these pit crew competitions, and it always seemed to backfire. Yesterday they did things just as they do during the races, and Bill Elliott's gotten some great pit stops all season long. They decided to change nothing, and it paid off yesterday to the tune of uh, $7,600 in winnings for that top team. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, Unical pit crew championship as the afternoon goes by. Right now the cars are taking a swing, completing the first lap around this racetrack. Why don't we take a swing around it also and let you meet the gentleman who will be covering the action for us in the turns. Down in the south end of the racetrack in turns one and two over there to cover the action this afternoon, Joe Moore from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia. Boy, this was Calamity Corner yesterday in the Bush Grand National Race, Barney. Coming off turn two here is where it really got serious. As the cars come into turn one, it looks like a wide-sweeping turn. Now, late in the race, it does become a sweeping turn as the groove moves up and the cars start running up against that outside retaining wall. But in the early stages of the race, everyone stays in the lower two grooves, so it is kind of tight. It tends to bind the car up. But coming off turn two where they're running wide against the outside wall, the racetrack straightens out quickly and all of a sudden they have to turn the car and reset it here for a charge down the back straightaway. A lot of action here we saw yesterday. We're looking for a lot of it here today as well. The field now comes off turn number four to the start-finish line. They will get the one-to-go signal from Doyle Ford. Here comes Ernie Irvin bringing the Kodak Ford, excuse me, the Kodak Films Chevrolet down pit lane to the attention of Tony Glover and the crew. We'll get an update on that situation in a moment. As out in turns three and four, Alan Bestwick is getting set to cover the action for us. He's from Daytona Beach, Florida. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. We heard Joe Moore talk about the difficulties these cars have getting off of turn number two. Once they do that, it's heavy on the throttle for a quick quarter mile sprint down the back straightaway into the banking of turn three. Now the trick at this end of the racetrack is to get off the throttle and get the car set into the banking so you can get back on the throttle, get a good run off off of turn number four and down towards the start finish line. Let's see if we can get an update from the Ernie Irvin pit area. The car is still there being worked on by the crew. I'll be there just a minute. Uh, Eli, I'm on the way. They are inside the car, so apparently it is something inside the driver's compartment. Could be an ignition or an electrical problem, but he may well miss the start. He would have been up in ninth position. The crew members now come out the window, push the car, and he fires and moves on down pit road. But the race is going to start as he'll have to join in on the tail end of the field, so a tough break for Ernie Irvin and the Kodak car in the early going. Here they come off turn number four, getting ready to go for 492 laps this afternoon in the AC Delco 500. Down to the line, green flag is out, and we're down to business. Schrader down on the inside, tries to pull out, get clear sailing all by himself in turn one. He won't be able to do it. Schrader has a nose out in front of Davey Allison, but Allison is there with him on the outside lane. Allen Kowicki directly behind Schrader off turn two. We'll put a drag race to the end of the back straightaway to try and see who's going to lead the first lap. Allison fights back hard, gets a good charge into turn number three. He'll go wheel to wheel with Schrader off the corner. But Davey's Ford drifts high, higher than does Schrader's machine. So Ken Schrader leads the first lap. Allison second, Kowicki third, Elliott fourth, then Jeff Bodine inside of Harry Gann for fifth. That's the battle for the fifth spot. Harry Gann on the outside. He'll fall back, so Jeff Bodine advances. Now Ricky Rudd up underneath Harry Gant. This now the battle for the sixth position. Rudd can't get the jump this time, although Gant will be forced into the outside groove in turn number three. Now Rudd's car slips a bit. Gant will come down and hold six. Well, you have to learn in a hurry. You need to tuck in if there's an opening there. If you're caught in that outside groove and the field just keeps closing up tighter and tighter, you do nothing but lose positions. Kyle Petty is still hung out there 
try to tuck his car in back in turn one. He's alongside Ricky Rudd trying to pick up the spot on Rudd, but coming off the corner, Rudd has the advantage. Rudd moving down to the inside group will try and hold off Kyle Petty, but Petty is strong on the outside. He'll get the thing with the horsepower at the end of the back straightaway, put Kyle Petty up to seventh. Ken Schrader continues to lead. Ernie Irvin has now caught the end of the field. Let's get an update from his pit area. Well, they had an ignition system problem. What they've got in there, they've got two transcenders that uh, that takes the uh, ignition from the battery and converts it into the ignition system itself. There's two of them in a car. One of them's for a backup for the other one, and the first one, the main one, went out. And all they do is just unplug one and plug another one back up. But in this case, it was awful costly to him. So he'll have to play catch-up, but he's got plenty of time to do it. If you're going to have a problem, the time to do it is at the very beginning of the race. You've got the rest of the day to overcome it. They are now single file all the way back through about 30th position as they work over to turn two. Trader leads the way. Allison is second, about three car lengths back now to Alan Kowicki. Alan Kowicki holding down third, then Bill Elliott fourth, and Jeff Bodine fifth. Three Fords tucked tightly together. Harry Gant is sixth, Kyle Petty seventh, Ricky Rudd eighth, Hutch Strickland ninth, and Rick Bass tenth. Dale Earnhardt is running in 18th position now. Behind him is Rusty Wallace in 19th, and then the Winston Cup point leader Mark Martin in 20th. To those three cars tied tightly together in the middle of the field. As the leaders work turn two. Back around 13th, the charge for Dick Trickle trying to get underneath the Dale Jarrett car. He had a nose alongside now, goes for it again. He'll try it down low on the back straightaway. Trickle draws the Pontiac up alongside Jarrett's Ford, but Jarrett, a little bit of extra strength at the end of the straightaway, is able to close the door on Trickle in four. Most of these drivers that have been to the North Carolina Motor Speedway over the years know that you don't really start forcing things this early in the event. In fact, at least for the first couple of hundred miles. As they work back to turn number two, Schrader is the leader. Davy Allison rides second, third is Alan Kowicki, fourth is Bill Elliott, and fifth is Jeff Bodine. And it's single file all the way back among about the top 20. And I guarantee you Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin are glad to see that kind of traffic rather than door-to-door and three wide in the early going. A number of the teams just seeing their cars we're basically pushing through the corner as best they can. While the lead is still Ken Schrader, the battle for second place is enjoined between Kowicki and Davey Allison. Kowicki's got his Ford down on the inside of Davey Allison. Allen gets, Allison gets shoved out of the groove a bit, so Kowicki gets the edge off turn two. But Allison gets it wound up off the top side of the racetrack. He pulls a nose back out in front of Kowicki. Now he'll come down and try and shut the door in the middle of turn four. Racing hard in the early going. Just 13 laps are on the board. They'll complete... 14 this time around. Schrader takes a look behind him. Davy Allison swung wide coming off the corner as though he wanted to put a move on. Thinks better of it. They go back to two. This time Davy Allison takes the outside lane, pulls up, tries to get up alongside the Kenny Schrader car. Now off turn two, he pulls even. Chevrolet on the inside, the Ford on the outside, the battle for the lead at the end of the back straightaway. Allison clearly stronger at the end of the stretch, pulls out in front and takes the lead. So we have a new leader here in the AC Delco 500. If he can hold off the challenge of Schrader, Davy Allison does lead this lap. And boy, has that team ever turned the corner after a lot of those nitpicky problems that Barney told you about earlier in the broadcast when a buck 85 piece breaks and takes an $85,000 race car along with it. It's been that kind of a year, but here comes Schrader challenging for the lead again. Schrader's going to look to the inside as they enter turn number three. Davey gives him racing room, trying the high groove, but Schrader's car won't stick at the bottom. Schrader tries to pin it down there. It drifts up a little bit as they come out of the corner. Allison will be able to hang on to the lead. Mark Martin has now moved up to 19th position. He moved around Dale Earnhardt there just a moment ago. Earnhardt's car pushing in the turns, going way high on both ends of this racetrack, so he has a handling problem in the early going. Let's go down the pits and see if we can get a report there. I just talked to Richard Childress, Barney, and he said exactly that. He said the car's just too tight. It will not turn in the corners. 
They're hoping for a caution here early where they can make some adjustments. So Earnhardt's car is definitely pushing. They've had handling problems about the last three or four races. Of course, most of the time they've been able to make pit stops and get them cured, but it just they haven't been hitting it on the numbers like they did earlier in the season. Here's a battle for the lead off turn two. Trader down to the inside of Davey Allison. Trader tries to get it hooked up on the low group, but Allison pulls it back out in front now. Schrader locked right in on his bumper. Allison drifts high in three. Schrader's going to try it again down low. This is the 17th lap of 492. Schrader can't get the jump off the low side of the racetrack. He'll hang on to second. Let's establish, though, Joe Moore, the fact that Dale Earnhardt is not the only car that's ill-handling here early. Quite a few cars going way up the banking. We're seeing Jimmy Means go way up almost to the outside wall. The car also fishtailing a bit. Darrell Waltrip's going up high. And Morgan Shepard just here. Roller skates almost off turn two. The rear end of his car kicked out. He's been running a high group since the start of the race. And some of the cars that are back toward the tail end of the field are having problems also. Jimmy Means, almost from the opening gun, has not been able to keep his car low through the turns at all. He's drifting real high in the Alka-Seltzer machine as the laps are only 19 on the board here of the 492 that will make up the AC Delco 500 uh, at the conclusion of the day. Down the back stretch and into turn number three, Davey Allison's got it hooked up pretty good. The lone Chevrolet up there among that front four cars is Kenny Strader. Strader gets his car to the bottom of the racetrack, but it won't stay there. Right in the middle of the corner, he has to free it up, let it drift up a little bit. Otherwise, he's going to lose a position. Alan Kowicki's car, on the other hand, seems to be working extremely strong. He's been right there in the thick of things since the early going. They're back in two. Those cars have to go single file this time, going around slower traffic as they exit turn two. Moving single file now, your front four, Allison, Schrader, Kowicki, and Bill Elliott going down into turn number three. About a car length separating each, then about six car lengths back to Kyle Petty and Harry Gant. Those of fifth and sixth place. Seventh place is a good battle. Give it to Ricky Rudd on the low side of the racetrack. He is seventh. Jeff Bodine now runs in eighth place. Ninth belongs to Rick Mast. And tenth is Dale Jarrett. Dick Trickle is 11th. Twelfth belongs to Michael Waltrip. In the 13th spot now, Terry Labonte. Fourteenth is Derek Cope. Fifteenth, the Morgan Shepherd car. Sixteenth is Brett Bodine. Seventeenth is Hutt Strickland. Eighteenth is Mark... Mark Barton in the 18th spot, then Sterling Marlin runs 19th, Rick Wilson is 20th, Rusty Wallace will be 21st, then Dale Earnhardt way back in the 22nd spot, Jimmy Hensley runs 23rd. Good, good hard battle going on for second place, and Kenny Schrader may lose it. Alec Bowicki's got the spot coming off turn two. Bowicki goes down to the inside, he bypasses the Kodiak Chevrolet, so put Kowicki up to second as one car almost loses control on the back straightaway. That'll be the automobile being driven today by Mike Skinner. He gathers it back up right in front of Jeff Bodine, and he'll continue on. 22 laps, now 23 in the books as the leaders flash across the stripe. Davey Allison has been swapping the lead around with Alan Kowicki and Ken Schrader. We told you earlier in the day that Ernie Irvin had to stop there on the pace lap this afternoon because of an ignition problem. He has worked himself back up to 29th spot with all 40 starters still running here on the 23rd lap with Davey Allison in front. A real scramble Trouble, Trouble in three. turn four. It's Jim Bound spins right in front of Tommy Kendall locks the Heinz Pontiac down all the way to the bottom of the racetrack. Now the battle will be who leads back to the caution flag. Well there's no caution flying but now it is. Here it comes and it will be Ken Schrader leading Alan Kowicki and Davey Allison back to the stripe. A close call there for both Tommy Kendall and Jim Bound in turn number three. Let's go back to Alan Bestwick. 
The two were racing bumper to bumper. Jimmy Bound was leading Tommy Kendall when they come into the corner. Jimmy Bound's car broke loose on him. He locked all four wheels down, and Kendall did a good job to get his Chevrolet slowed down before piling into the side of Jimmy Bound's car. Bound slid to the bottom of the racetrack, got it straightened around, fired back up, and drove on around. That was also a close call, Eli, for the leaders. They were right behind those two cars getting ready to lap them when that spin happened. They did get on the binders in a hurry, and Jim Bound is not new to this racetrack, Barney. A lot of folks, you mentioned at the outset of the show, there's a story to tell, and we'll get to that here as soon as we cover this round of pit stops. The leaders make their way down the pit lane. Virtually everyone will stop. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Dick Trickle leads the parade on this end of pit road. Eli, along with uh, Terry Labonte, Ricky Rudd is in. Dale Earnhardt has his Chevrolet in. They go to the right side first. They're going to change all four tires on his automobile. Mark Martin is in with the Folgers board. They're making a chassis adjustment on the right side. About a couple of turns of wedge out. Morgan Shepard is also in for four tires and gasoline. Dick Brooks. Well, everybody down here is the same way. Ken Schrader was the first in, and he just dropped him with four tires, full tank of gas. He's gone. Davey Ellis, they dropped him as Harry Gant goes by. They got, uh, well, Earnhardt just goes by also. Everybody down here, they're going to take four tires, full tank of gas. They do pit on both sides of the racetrack here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. The top 26 qualifiers pit on the front stretch. Everyone else is pitting in the back. Let's go over there to Winston Kelly. And the 14 cars pitted on the back straightaway. Just about every one of them coming in getting four tires and gasoline. Sterling Marlin, the first to come in and out. Also, Bobby Hillen, Darrell Waltrip, Larry Pearson in for service along with Richard Petty, Jack Pennington. Jimmy Bound has the Heinz catch a Pontiac in for service. No damage to that car. Rick Jeffries, Charlie Baker, and Tommy Kendall all getting four tires and gasoline. And apparently Jimmy Bound did lose a lap in that spin up there in turns three and four. Jimmy Bound is the other half of the driving Bound family. Chuck is the Bush Grand National Series champion who clinched the honor here yesterday afternoon in the AC Delco 200. But this has been a, a much talked about situation. Who would take over the driving of the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac for 91? And actually the change takes place here in 1990. Well, that was a kind of a shock for Jimmy Spencer, we understand. I talked to some of the crew members, and he had expected to be in the car throughout the rest of the season, but when he showed up at the racetrack, he was informed that that was not the case. Had to be a big disappointment for Jimmy Spencer. Of course, he'll be going over to Travis Carter's team for 1991, so let's wish him well in that new endeavor for Jimmy Spencer. Next weekend, MRN will be on the air, even though the Winston Cup Series takes the weekend off. We will be at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia for the Winston 500 Classic. Our broadcast begins at 1 o'clock Eastern time next Sunday. It's actually a triple header of racing, of which we will cover two of the three races. The late model stock cars will get the triple header underway at 12 noon, and our broadcast begins at 1 with both the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour event and the Bush Grand National Series season finale. As I told you, the Bush Series Championship wrapped up here yesterday, but for the modified tour, there are still seven drivers who have a mathematical chance of winning the modified tour championship. Now, they do run today at Thompson Speedway in Connecticut, where the points leader, Jamie Tomano, has qualified fourth, but it seems virtually assured that the modified tour title will be settled next weekend at the Winston 500 Classic in Martinsville. You might want to join us there in person. Tickets do remain, and they've already got 
perhaps some 233 entries for the triple header there next weekend. And, of course, the Winston Cup schedule wraps up in Phoenix, Arizona, November 4th with the Checker 500 and the Atlanta Journal 500 at Atlanta International Raceway on November the 18th. Going to be some interesting racing here down the stretch. There really will be in that uh, Winston Classic up at Clay Earls. There's a beautiful track next week. We're talking this morning. Uh, Clay is down here along with Dick Thompson, the public relations director up there. And he said something to the effect that the field is so competitive up there that most promoters would just be tickled to death to have the leftovers that don't make the show and have to go home. We're just looking at the rundown here. 119 late model stock cars have checked in, of which they have got 286 wins this year among those 119 cars at the different racetracks they run. 58 modifieds have already entered. 56 Bush Grand National teams have already entered. So uh, it's going to be quite a weekend. The modifieds qualify at 2 o'clock on Thursday. The Grand Nationals at 3 o'clock. The late model stock cars at 2 o'clock on Friday. So that's what's uh, taking place at Martinsville next weekend. As we're just a half lap away from going back to green. They're forming up for the restart in front of Alan Bestwick. Lights are out atop the Pontiac Grand Prix safety car. Elmo Langley takes a hard left turn at the end of the backstretch pit area. He'll back that car in behind the safety wall into the end of the back straightaway. Darrell Waltrip, who got gas only on his pet stop on the back straightaway because of the new blend-in rule, is the first car on the racetrack. He'll lead him off of turn number four for the restart. That was a good move for Darrell Waltrip and also a good move for Dave Marcus. It never ceases to amaze me that Dave Marcus will stay out there, particularly if he thinks it's going to be a long caution when everybody else is pitted to lead a lap and get five bonus points for leading a lap. We're under green. Darrell Waltrip takes off, and boy, does he ever take off. He pulls away from Kenny Schrader by about four car lengths before they hit turn one. So now two Chevrolets up in front, Waltrip and Schrader, followed by the Ford of Kowicki, then the Ford of Davey Allison. Down to the inside, the lap car of Jimmy Bound being bypassed by the leaders now. Schrader, Kowicki, Kyle Petty all clearing the Pontiac. Darrell Waltrip, meanwhile, has a four-car length lead now as they go off of four. Here's Schrader now closing in to within a car length and a half of the race leader. Further back, many teams sorting themselves out through traffic. Waltrip leads the 36th lap across the stripe back into turn one. Schrader is there challenging for the lead. And Davey Allison goes to the outside of the racetrack trying to challenge Kyle Petty. He'll slip back. Petty advances and Ricky Rudd pulls alongside. Meanwhile, at the front of the pack, Schrader drops the Kodiak Chevrolet down to the inside of Darrell Waltrip's tied Chevrolet. Waltrip goes way up the racetrack. Schrader goes by underneath. That's the opening he was looking for. He's got it. Kenny Schrader goes back to the front of the pack. Waltrip, meanwhile, gets squeezed out. Now, Alan Kowicki dives underneath him and Darrell may lose more than that one spot. Darrell's trying to get back in line, but again, he goes way up the banking. He will lose another spot. Kyle Petty advances. Charlie Baker car pulls to the bottom of the racetrack after what looks like a lot of smoke out of the engine of the car. Meanwhile, the battle will be back for about the fifth and sixth position. Jeff Bodine will get that spot. Now he'll try and go with Ricky Rudd under Darrell Waltrip. We remain under green despite that plume of smoke from Charlie Baker's car. He's going to the uh, back pit area as the lead cars go back into turn number one. Schrader leads as Waltrip again climbs the banking he'll lose more spots third Ken Schrader continues to lead the AC Delco 500 41 laps in the books 39 of the 40 starters are still on the racetrack the one man who is not is with Winston Kelly Charlie Baker you pulled your Buick behind the wall what's the problem well some left go in the motor it's uh the car was working pretty good we made last minute chassis change first thing this morning we're just trying to sort the car out a little bit and um I don't know I just Water temperature was fine, the oil pressure was good, and going in that turn down there, just 
You know, it just uh, it went bang and filled up with smoke, and that's all it was to it. Charlie Baker's the first car out of the race, and Eli, we had a chance to talk with Jeff Hammond on the Tide Chevrolet crew, and they said they were just going to roll the dice and see how it worked hitting here on the back straightaway, not getting any tires. They were in and out so fast, they were out before we did our spot back here. Didn't even see them come in and get the fact that they were already back on the racetrack. They just wanted to see how they could blend back in in relation to the other cars who got four tires. So a bit of an early strategy move on Jeff Hammond's part. Well, our statistician here in score in the booth, Martha Oliver, has been following that. Darrell was leading on the restart on lap 33. On lap 44, which we are now 11 laps later, he is running 15th. So it may be a gamble that is backfiring on the Tide team. Well, new tires do make a big difference here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. 44 laps are in the book right now. At the front of the pack, Kenny Schrader. About five, six car lengths behind him is Kyle Petty. Alan Kowicki is in third place. Jeff Bodine is fourth. And Harry Gant finally wrestled that fifth place away, and that's where he rides right now. Trouble in turn two. Tracy Leslie's car spins in front of oncoming traffic. He goes up to the outside retaining wall, gets the car stopped before other traffic comes into the area. Here comes the leader now just getting by. Tracy Leslie refires the car and drives away. That will put us under caution for the second time this afternoon as Tracy Leslie's car went flying up into that wall, and that will be the trouble spot. More than likely, for the better part of the day, we'll be down in turns one and two, and we'll talk to some of the drivers about that as the day goes by. 46 laps are complete. Tracy Leslie spinning over in turn number two for a quick recap. Let's go back to turn one. Looked like he lost it by himself coming into the corner. He was way up in that high groove, Barney. The car just spun around, swapped ends, almost made contact with the wall, but he got the car bound up before it hit the outside wall. Again, he refired the car and drove away. Cleanup efforts are concluded down in turns one and two for Tracy Leslie's machine where it spun just a moment ago, but he will be able to continue, and we're getting ready to go back to green flag racing. The leader is still... Kenny Schrader. Apparently nobody didn't want to make it onto pit road that time, so all the front runners stay right out there on the racetrack. The lap cars, there's only going to be a couple of those dropping down to the inside. Rick Jeffries will be the first one up there as they get ready to go back to green. Schrader at the point. Kyle Petty riding second. Third is Alan Kowicki. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. Fifth right now, Harry Gant. Davey Allison has dropped back to sixth. Seventh is Ricky Rudd, and we are under green flag racing conditions once again as they take off for turn number one. Schrader, a good jump on the restart, gets away by a couple of car lengths, but that's all. Kyle Petty's there. Kyle may be the guy to look out for. He started sixth and has worked his way up to the second spot. He's bearing down on Schrader off turn two. First challenge is going to be, though, for fourth and fifth spot as Harry Gant has it, and Davey Allison wants it. Gant down low. Davey Allison taking the high group. He'll have to fall in line single file this time by. Further back, many of the cars picking their way to the high side of slower machines. A stop-and-go penalty on Jeff Purvis as he jumped the restart. The battle for the lead now is in turn number Kyle Petty's got his Pontiac right down at the bottom of the racetrack. Ken Schrader is held up by the slower car of Tracy Leslie. Kyle Petty will take the lead as they come down the back straightaway. Tracy Leslie's car will be in the outside groove, so Schrader will go single file down to the inside of the racetrack. Kulwicki still holding on to third. Kyle Petty told me yesterday if we can hit any kind of the same setup we had back here in March, we can do maybe the same thing we did, but he said it's unlikely that we will find the combination we had. Boy, that is not the case. 433 laps he led here back in the spring race and today he just suddenly comes out of nowhere and goes to the front of the pack heading for turn three right now running single file through the front five six seven eight cars now all the way back through the 10th position morgan shepherd running there trying to get around ricky rudd 
And between turns three and four, all the lead cars having to make an evasive move to the high side of Tracy Leslie, who drives the Detroit gasket car here this afternoon. Further back, Sterling Marlin is on the move now as he picks off car after car to the inside, doing it again in the corner. Marlin gets by Rick Bass, now draws a line on Bill Elliott here off turn two. Down the back straightaway, he'll look down to the inside, now to the outside as they go. They'll fall single file, though, as Elliott gets a good run off the corner and actually pulls out a couple of car lengths as they move into four. Tracy Leslie is right up in that front pack. He's not running for the lead, but apparently no damage on that car other than maybe flat spotting some tires. He did lose a couple of laps, so he's going to try and get back up there and get at least one of those back if possible. Kyle Petty is the leader. Schrader rides second. He's two car lengths back. About three more car lengths back rides Alan Kowicki over in turn three. And a good battle shaping up now for the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth positions. Jeff Bodine is there, followed by Davey Allison, Ricky Rudd, and Morgan Shepard. Those four cars running under a blanket off of turn four. Morgan Shepard really came on to run well after the first of this race. After about 15 or so laps were in the book, his car really began to move. We'll see whether he's able to duplicate that here on this run of green flag racing. The lead car, Kyle Petty, works off the back straightaway towards three. And again, still watching this battle for fifth position on back as the front four begin to string it out just a little bit watching Jeff Bodine try and hold the fifth spot with Davey Allison looking to make a challenge. That's where the best scrambling's going on right now. I've been at the front of the pack in the early going now back about seventh, eighth, and ninth position is where all the door-to-door and diving underneath somebody's going on. Davey Allison wants to move up a notch. So does Ricky Rudd. They're over in two. Davey will try to get on underneath the Jeff Bodine car directly ahead. Bodine slams the door on him though. Here's the exit turn two. Bodine holding tough now as he maintains a good firm line down to the inside of the turns here in turn three and four. Bodine again puts the Budweiser Ford down to the bottom of the track and Allison can't do anything with him. At the same time, Ricky... For the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger, for the ones who get it done. As much as life has changed over the last year, you're still pretty busy. So consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same tests hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 25 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. Enjoy. Thanks. E, order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. What is trying Davey Allison to the low side of the racetrack through the corners in particular. Unable to make it work, though, here on the 55th lap this afternoon. Field swings back to the south end of the speedway. Kyle Petty setting the pace. We talked to him yesterday about bringing the same setup back that they were so totally dominant with back in March. Is it possible to do that and make it work again? Well, you come back with the same car and the same springs and the same motors and, and pretty much the same stuff, but, 
you know, the weather's different. The track's uh, six or seven months older. Goodyear's changed the tires a little bit. They've added a little bit of rubber to it, and they've given us a little bit more stagger with these, with these radials this time down here. So, you know, there, things change. And, uh, you know, the day we had here in, in March was just a perfect day, and that's all you can say about it. And, uh, you know, to, to come back and hit something right like that, it doesn't make any difference. If we came back on Monday, we might have been off. Or if we came back on Tuesday, we might have been right again. So it's just one of those deals where we had the perfect car on the perfect day and everything worked. But you come back with within mind hoping that uh, what you had the first time will work the second time. Kyle Petty setting a pretty blistering pace for the rest of the field to keep up with. And right now he's beginning to pull away from second place Kenny Schrader by about 25 car lengths. They're over in turn three. Kyle Petty with a good gap now on Schrader, who's got about six or seven car lengths on Alan Kowicki, then another 10 back to Harry Gant, then a couple of seconds back to Davey Allison in fifth. That's your top five with Ricky Rudd running in sixth. Bill Elliott goes seventh. Eighth is now Sterling Marlin. He's broken away from ninth place Dale Earnhardt by about seven car lengths. Tenth is Ernie Irvin. And backpedaling to 11th at this point is Jeff Bodine, the Budweiser Ford, not running quite as dominatingly as it was earlier. Right behind Jeff Bodine, Rick Mast and Morgan Shepard with a good side-by-side -side battle on the backstretch. They slug it out down to the end of the straightaway with Rick Mast out of the inside. Shepard, though, is going to get that spot on the outside. Now in turn three the car pushes way up and Mast will try it again. Rick Mast tries to get down to the bottom of the speedway and make that car stick there and it does as they come out of the corner. Morgan Shepard meanwhile all day long has been getting good lap times but he's been drifting really high in both ends of the speedway. Now we see this a lot when we go to Dover, Delaware, the other one mile speedway on the circuit that sometimes you can free the car up and just let it drift off in there and stay in the throttle, keep the RPMs up and still take the long way around the racetrack, but come up with as good a lap times as the leader. And in that case today, Morgan Shepard's finding it's working pretty well for him. But Jeff Bodine, it's very obvious that that car not handling at all through the corners. They continue to slide back. Let's see if we can get a report down on pit road. Well, Marty, they're doing a little talking about uh, Junior's talking to a couple of them about what they're going to do about it. I'm going to get it with Junior just in a minute. So, hey, what? I was just down the back pit area. I'm sure the folks in the Tide Chevrolet pits also concerned as to how Darrell Waltrip is running back in 29th position now. Winston Kelly? We're standing in that pit crew with uh, Jeff Hammond. Jeff, it was a very gutsy call to not change tires, but it doesn't seem to have paid off. No, right now, Winston, it really did. He kind of came back to haunt us. For some reason, the car was starting to come around, so we thought we could put some gas in and get up there with the leaders. We went back out, and the tires, I don't know when they cooled off or whatever, but they really not ever hooked back up like they did early on. So right now we're kind of dead meat. We're just hoping we get a caution. We thought we had one earlier. we been over here on the back. It's really got us at a disadvantage, so we didn't get a chance to get in and get them off. So hopefully we'll get one here real quick. We won't lose it. But Jeff Hammond, the crew chief on Darrell Walsh's car, telling you the story there. They wanted to come in during that caution flag that Tracy Leslie brought out but there wasn't enough time because of pitting here on the back straightaway, and they backpedaled all the way back to the 29th position. To give you an idea how strong Kyle Petty is running, he has a, almost a straightaway over fifth place, Harry Gant, and back in that sixth place run, which is some strong cars back there in the form of Ricky Rudd and Davey Allison, Barney, he has there's an advantage a little, of a little over six and a half seconds. Trouble on the back straightaway, Barney. Tracy Leslie's car has gone up in smoke, trailing flames and smoke out from behind the car. He gets it down off the banking, down to the inside. The flames now extinguish themselves, but Tracy Leslie losing a motor big time on the back straightaway. NASCAR observers are checking the... Uh, area behind the race car to see whether Leslie is putting anything down on the racetrack and all seems to be clean and green. He will be heading directly to the garage area, so our attrition list now 
Charlie Baker, who left with an engine failure earlier, and now Tracy Leslie with apparently the same problem on the Detroit casket machine. I'll tell you, Tracy Leslie's a good-looking race car driver. Uh, he was taken under the wing of A.J. Foyt not long ago and has driven A.J.'s Copenhagen Oldsmobile when Foyt had other commitments with IndyCar competition and so on. And uh, if you get that man's vote of uh, confidence, uh, you've done something. And Tracy Leslie is going to be a, a force, particularly next year in Bush Grand National competition. I think a lot of folks have been looking him over and heard a lot of the Winston Cup car owners talk about him that somewhere down the road he may end up with a good ride over here. The best race on the speedway will be for six positions. There's four cars tied up in that little tussle as they work over to turn three and back into four. Davey Allison currently is being shown in the sixth place. Right behind him is Bill Elliott. Down to the inside comes Ricky Rudd and Sterling Marlin is also a part of that foursome as they work back to turn one. Rudd and Davey Allison had raced side by side for about five laps, battling for the sixth spot. Finally, Davey got by to pick up the position. Now Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd go to it off turn two. Elliott will hold that spot for now, though, as he gets the better run down the back straightaway. So we'll put Allison to sixth, Elliott to seventh, and Marlin and Rudd will battle for eighth and ninth. And Sterling working awfully well on the low side of the racetrack. His Oldsmobile just sneaks around to the end side of Ricky Rudd's Chevrolet to take over the position here on the 73rd lap. But all the while, the lead is still held by Kyle Petty. As Barney told you earlier, Kyle led 433 of 492 laps here at Rockingham back in March of this year. Let's go downstairs to the pit and garage area. Well, we, we're standing down in Junior Johnson's pit with, uh, with Jeff Bodine and uh, Tim Brewer sitting here just clocking him along. Tim, you guys are not... Uh, well, you're not making the best showing in the world. He's slipping back a little bit. What's wrong? Well, Brooks, you know, just one another deal. We're just trying to try to learn a little something on this deal. It's, it's been kind of hard to hook the thing up all week, and every time we run it, we think we get a little bit better, but this set right here just, you know, completely got away from us. And, and we're just sitting here waiting for the call to happen. They had a heartbreaker yesterday. They had a, a pit crew contest here. And they lost it by uh, something like uh, 10 one-hundredths of a second or 10 one-thousandths of a second. Uh, free trip for a bunch of the guys and some stuff. And plus the prestige of winning that thing. So, uh, and today they're not in the best of mood either. We've got caution on the speedway as Jeff Purvis has apparently lost an engine out in front of Alan Bestwick. Smoke coming out from under the car at the end of the back straightaway. Eli, he dropped some liquid on the racetrack. The car started to go around on him, but he did a wonderful job to keep it from going around and keep it from getting into the outside wall as well. So perhaps a nominee for the cool move of the day there for Jeff Purvis. Pit road, a busy place. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, it sure was. Petty's uh, car was the first one in. Got the thing back down and got its first one out by a long shot. They beat uh, the rest of them pretty, you know, a bunch. They, uh, they're they really pumped at this racetrack. Alan Kowick was in and changed four tires on his cars. Bill Elliott and, as I said, Kyle Petty. Now, Jeff Bodine and Tim Brewer was really looking for a caution flag. They got one. We'll see if they've done any good with it this time. Uh, car Rusty Wallace was in. They filled him up with uh, gasoline and put him on some tires, and uh, them boys are back on the racetrack. Jim Phillips. We're at the garage area with Tracy Leslie. Tracy, you were hoping to finish this race today, but a short day for you. What happened? Well, I don't know. Um, I just was coming down the front stretch with Detroit Gasket Olds, and it, as soon as I backed out of the throttle getting into one, it just it just broke. You know, I seen Daryl was behind me, and I tried to bring it down best I could. I was hoping he didn't get into it because I'd hate to ruin somebody else's day. But, you know, we got behind there a little bit when I slid sideways, and luckily I didn't get into the fence. And come in had to put a couple tires on drop down a lap but the car was running good you know when we pulled in behind the leaders there after they went by on that green and 
thing was running fine. You know, Elvin, all the Detroit Gasket Bush crew was crewing the car today, and they did a super job. Short day today, but you've got good things for you in 1991 with this team. Well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm happy to say that I'll be back with Detroit Gasket, you know, only in the in the Bush um, racing, and I'm looking forward to a good year, and I'm, I'm hoping we have a lot of success. That's Tracy Leslie. He's out of here this afternoon. Let's go to the back pits in Winston Kelly. This time, Sterling Marlin was the first driver in and out as Darrell Waltrip and his crew did get four tires this time. Sterling had moved all the way up to the eighth position. He got four tires, was followed out of the pits by Jack Pennington, who is back in now. Tony Furr and the crew looking up underneath that Oldsmobile looking underneath the hood. Bobby Hillen also with four tires, along with Larry Pearson, Ted Musgrave, Richard Petty, and the rest of the teams on the back straightaway pits, all getting four tires and gasoline. Tay, we've been seeing some of the best pit stops in recent weeks that we've witnessed all season long. We talked about some of the stops that the Budweiser team made this year, some of the, the stops that the Bill Elliott team had made and how quick they were. Travis Carter and his guys did a heck of a, a number right there. Uh, the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham, 80 laps are complete of 492. I'm Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall. Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick cover the turns for us today. Our pit work from Jim Phillips, Dick Brooks, and Winston Kelly. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Glad you're with us for the AC Delco 500. We talked about a great bit of pit service moments ago that Travis Carter and the crew gave to Rick Mast. Mast now second behind Kyle Petty. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, they did. Uh, had a heck, a heck of a stop. I guess yesterday kind of got a lot of people pumped up, but they also uh, only did two tires on the car, too. Let Travis tell you about that. Travis, why did you do that? Well, Dick, we wanted to have an opportunity to get a little closer to the front, first of all, and secondly, is we want to see how well he could run with two tires. You know, you're going to have some great flag stops probably in this race, and, and uh, as the strategy unfolds late in the race, it might become a factor. Well, it sure might. That's some kind of strategy. It's uh, If you're going to do it, it's a pretty good time to do it. I think uh, yesterday's race uh, proved that uh, maybe that's not the best thing to do toward the end of the race, but it may work here, and it will give them a lot of information on how the car is going to run. They're right. They probably will have some green flag stops, and this will give them a judgment ahead of everybody else as to what's going to happen. Well, they've been really trying to sort that car out and get things going uh, as the season winds down to get ready for 1991. Forming up for a restart over in turn three. Safety car, the Grand Prix Pontiac pulling off now to the entrance of the back straightaway pit area, backing behind the wall. Kyle Petty will lead the field, followed by Rick Mast and Ken Schrader. The lap cars down to the inside, being led by Chad Little and Jim Bound. Saw a lot of chassis adjustments going on on this round of pit stops under caution, so we may see some of the cars have been sliding back a little bit, suddenly be able to get up to the front of the pack and maybe challenge for the lead. Double file restart as they work down to the start-finish line. Kyle Petty, pretty dominant here for the, about the last 40 or 50 laps. We're under green as they take it back to turn number one. And on the break, he'll get away from Rick Mass by some three car lengths. Mass goes to the outside of the Chad Little car. Ken Schrader now working to the outside of Jim Bound. Then it's Alan Kowicki and Harry Gannon in outside lane. Chad Little will slide in between Rick Mass and Ken Schrader. Now Schrader will go to the outside and clear the lap traffic. So now your front three are clear sailing off of turn four. As far as Dale Earnhardt, he's running in the seventh spot right now with Mark Martin, of course, out there working his way up through race traffic as well. He is 18th on the racetrack on this particular restart. Neither man, neither Earnhardt nor Mark Martin, has led a lap here this afternoon. So still 49 points separating the two, plus, of course, the position differences we see on the racetrack. Kyle Petty continues to pull away here in a hurry on the restart. But Rick Mass doing a job right now, hanging on to second place with Ken Schrader hounding him away. The challenge will be for second as they cross the start-finish line. Schrader's going after 
the number two spot in turn one. Schrader sees a lane open up down on the inside of Rick Mast. Mast goes way up the banking here at turn one. Schrader comes up alongside him. Schrader will drag race Rick Mast out of the end of the back straightaway. Mast looking strong on the outside, but Schrader will get second spot. Now Mast may lose third and fourth as Alan Kulwicki and Harry Gann look to the bottom side. While all that scrambling is going on back there for second place, Kyle Petty has opened up about a half a straightaway and some two and a half laps on the rest of the field. That'll give you an idea of just how strong his car is. They're back in two. Meanwhile, Rick Mast still losing positions. Alan Kulwicki gets by. Harry Gann also makes the move down to the inside. So the four tires proving out better than the two now as Mast having trouble keeping the car low as he enters the sweeping banks of turn number three. Again, the Chevrolet will skitter up the racetrack on him, and he'll have trouble with Bill Elliott this time. Talk about skittering up the racetrack. Darrell Waltrip lost five positions on this very last lap. He was heading out towards the golf course at Pinehurst before he ran up upon that outside retaining wall, and he really had to woe the car down and lost five positions in the meantime. To the garage area, Jim Phillips with Jeff Purvis. Jeff Purvis, you parked this Chevrolet. What happened? I was coming down the back straightaway there, and the, the motor just let go. I think it broke a rod or something. This, that was a track out there today. Well, of the few races I've run, my car felt like if, if we had a few more pit stops, we could get the car running pretty good. They made, they made me make a stop and go for some reason. I don't really know what the problem was, but uh, the car didn't feel real bad. I felt like if I had a little bit more time with it, I could have got the car running good. That young Jeff Purvis, he will not finish here this afternoon in the AC Delco 500. Boy, he's got a lot of driving talent. I think that team, uh, they're hoping to get things really turned around and be a factor in the year 1991. He had a number of championships in dirt competition over the years. He has run well in the All-Pro Series, has been running the uh, house car, if you will, for Neil Bonnet Racing out of uh, Alabama, and now with Neil as one of the owners of the racing team, they've moved collectively with the car owner Frankie Grill, among others, into Winston Cup competition. 89 laps on the board. Kyle Petty continues to lead. Schrader is second. Kowicki third. Gant fourth. Elliott fifth. Earnhardt sixth. Ernie Irvin seventh. Davey Allison eighth. Ricky Rudd is ninth. And running in tenth now is Rick Mast. Let's go to the pit area where we have an update on why Dale Jowett has made some repeated pit stops in the Wood Brothers Ford. Dick Brooks? Well, we were talking about strategy earlier, and they came in uh, the car was a little bit loose, they said, or for the people that don't understand loose, means the car wants to spin out or the rear wants to run on the outside of it. So they said it was a good time to make a chassis adjustment. So instead of just jacking weight around in it, as you've heard us talk before, they put rubber spacers sometimes in the spring. Well, it's not something that's a simple thing to do, putting it in. It's pretty simple taking it out. But uh, they went ahead and put a half a rubber spacer in the right front spring. And what that does is it changes the uh, the actual recoil of the spring itself. It doesn't. Uh, it stiffens it all some, but it also makes it uh, a different kind of stiffness. It makes it harder to push initially, and it gives the car a little more bite as you go off in the corner. It holds more weight over on the left rear, and uh, and it helps hold the right front up. So they said it's a good time to do it. It's got a caution flag. Uh, uh, the track's staying pretty cool today. And uh, they felt that the car was that away. Now they wanted to make the adjustment for it and then work it out with a wedge from, and stagger from now on. Dale Jarrett currently is being shown in 24th position. From the North Carolina Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. While the leaders are kind of spaced out around here at the racetrack, why don't we take a minute to talk with the president of the North Carolina Motor Speedway, Frank Wilson, who has just stepped into our booth. Frank, we were just looking out the window at the crowd you have here. I, I'm going to speculate that this may be the biggest group of fans you've ever had for any kind of event here at this racetrack. Well, it is by, by far. And uh, 
You know, I really regret that Mr. DeWitt didn't get to see this. Well, we were about to talk to you about Mr. DeWitt for the folks who have followed racing. A lot of race fans know that uh, Mr. DeWitt uh, died a few weeks ago or a week ago. And not many people that really didn't know the man have no idea what he contributed to this sport. He was president here from what, in the early 70s and was a factor in this racetrack even from day one. Well, he was uh, in the group that originally started it, and uh, I believe he became president in 1972 and also of Atlanta uh, a few years later. I think it's amazing, too, when you talk about the man's business ability because, you know, we're talking here among friends and being very honest, this was not always, if for no other reason than because of bad weather. This was never for a while a uh, successful business proposition. Even Atlanta, under uh, Mr. DeWitt's leadership, he had to overcome a lot of uh, problems weather-wise and so on. And yet, all of a sudden, those two facilities, Rockingham and Atlanta, turned into showplaces of racing. And I think he is deserving of the credit because a lot of other men would have let the projects go by the wayside and we'd be sitting here looking at an old parking lot now or something. He was the type of person that he absolutely would not give up on anything. He, he had it in his mind, and he proved it, that he could make it work, and, and he did. Well, Mr. DeWitt will be sorely missed by a lot of folks in racing and a lot of fans who never knew him. We'll talk to you a quick minute about every time we come here, it looks like there are more new seats added, and the seats continue to just spread around here. You got any plans to add some more in the, in before we come back here in March? Well, we probably won't have it for March. We plan to have uh, additional seats uh, by October. It's a nice deal, too, when you can, the way racing's going, you end up building seats, and they're sold before they're even built in place, and this is uh, no exception. Pretty one of these days, we'll see racetracks with seats all the way around them, and I'm sure Rockingham will be right in there with everybody. Eli, We're like going to try to keep up uh, Mr. DeWitt's uh, attitude and toward building this place, and, and we have it in their mind to continue there. So. One thing I want to talk about, too, before we get back to the pit area, one element of Mr. DeWitt's involvement in racing we've not even touched on was car ownership and team ownership, uh, whether it was Benny Parsons as his driver from up the road in LRB or whomever it might have been. Uh, LG DeWitt also was on the active uh, participant side of the sport as a car owner. Uh, yes, he uh, was owner of car 72, and uh, he thoroughly enjoyed that. He uh, he didn't fish or he didn't hunt, uh, play golf or anything, and that was his uh, relaxation. And uh, he he was uh, started it uh, because he liked it, and then he got serious about it. I think you guys have done a heck of a job here at this racetrack over the years. And as Eli said, I think some lesser men might have said to heck with this and went into some other endeavors. But this has turned out to be one of the finest racetracks on the circuit, and you folks would well be committed for it. Well, we appreciate it, and. We would like to say thanks to the fans because they're really the ones that that make it. And without them, uh, well, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have the opportunity to do it. That's very true. That's Frank Wilson, the president of the North Carolina Motor Speedway. Let's go to the pits and Dick Brooks. Yeah, Barney, I was going to say about uh, about uh, a few years ago, as everybody was trying to get racing going, and uh, Mr. DeWitt kind of took uh, over this racetrack and what have you. He did have a race car for a long time. And to show you what kind of a strong will or what kind of a believer he was, he ran a couple of races here under another association name. It wasn't NASCAR, but it was another association name. And one time he asked me to drive his car for him. Well, I did. And we won the race as we fell. The association had a little dispute of it. And one of the regular members of that association uh, was uh, selected to be the winner that day. Mr. DeWitt come to me and said, look, we're going to build a great organization here. We've got a great racetrack here. And people are not going to tell us how we're going to run it. Uh, they'll never be back again. 
And that's how strongly he felt about what he thought was right and wrong. And uh, I got to say that I'm uh, very, very sorry to hear what happened to Mr. DeWitt last week, and, uh, and I was saddened to hear it. Well, as I said, he will be sorely missed in this business. He did an awful lot for it. Davey Allison is off the pace. It happened over coming off turn two. Davey Allison just pulled down to the inside. The car without power. A tough break for the Haviland Ford. Allison now heading for pit road. He is on pit road. We'll keep our eye on him to see what happens on Davey Allison. He'd been running eighth just before whatever the problem is on his car. Now brings him to the pits. Let's follow him down to pit road and see what the problem is. Let's go to pit road. I don't think they know yet, except that uh, the thing is not running and they're going under the hood. Could very possibly be an ignition problem like uh, happened to Ernie Urban's car. We'll they're, find out in a minute. They're looking in the window of the car. One crewman uh, about halfway crawling inside the car. About three or four more are looking underneath the hood of that machine. Whatever the problem is, it is not good for Davey Allison. As we said when we first came on the air, they had certainly had the momentum in their corner in the last few weeks with good consistent finishes and winning over at Charlotte Motor Speedway. But today, they've got a problem. And they came back, of course, with the outside front row starting spot here this afternoon but it's not to be for Davey Addison right now the hood is still up on the Texaco Haviland Ford 111 laps are on the board Kyle Petty just continues to wear out the field here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham Ken Schrader is running second next in line is Alan Kowicki with Ernie Irvin now running up to fourth spot after the problems with the ignition system on the pace lap today and Harry Gant runs in fifth the true value hard charger award being led by Ken Schrader at this juncture of the afternoon on lap number 112 and if you're keeping tabs on the attrition list this afternoon we have four drivers out of the race at this juncture, all with engine failure. Charlie Baker, Tracy Leslie, Jeff Purvis, and most recently, Ted Musgrave taking his car to the garage area with another engine failure. Davey Allison's car continues to sit on pit road. They had the hood up. They worked on it. They pushed it a few feet like they're maybe trying to get it to fire. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, they've got it running, Barney. They, uh, they don't know for sure what's wrong with it. Robert Yates, uh, the engine builder, which is very, very capable of uh, <laughs> diagnosing an engine problem, sitting there with both hands over the uh, exhaust system to see if the thing was missing. But they had a coil laid out. They're going to change the coil. And uh, they found that that probably wasn't a problem, but they were working on the battery. They were ready to start it, and the battery was dead on it. So uh, they pushed him off to start him, and uh, then they're going to bring him back around, I expect, and, uh, and see if they can find out what it is. Robert Yates is standing there talking to him. Uh, Right now, I'll see if I can get a word with him. Robert. Well, he's talking to Davey, so uh, they'll be back in a minute. We'll find out what it is. Not good news for Davey Allison fans. The car made one lap around the racetrack, came back onto the speedway, and is now back on pit road. And, Dick, they're not really sure what the problem is, are they? Well, they're not now. They know the battery's dead or it doesn't have much fire in it. Uh, they decided, I talked to Joey Knuckles, they decided not to put the coil on it, but now they got the air cleaner off and they're going on a carburetor. Gonna, in fact, they're going to change carburetors on the car. They're going to lift that one off and put another one on. I don't know. It's a little bit sad here. Uh, Y'all forced me in that pool today, and I happen to pull this number, and I need the money worse than he does. Here he's sitting on pit road. Well, that's the way it goes. It is tough. Meanwhile, Kyle Petty got himself caught up in some race traffic moments ago. What had been a three and two tenths second lead over second place Ken Schrader is now down to a second and a half. Kyle Petty has worked his way free of race traffic now and begins to pull away one more time. Eli, it was a close call for Kyle here in turn two. Mike Skinner was running directly ahead of him, and Mike may have a tire going down. He turned the car almost sideways as Kyle was just making his move behind that car. Kyle had to make an invasive move down on the inside of the track, barely cleared the car. 
very obvious now that he has broken free of that lap traffic that he still has the handling capability to get around this racetrack. Already he has pulled away even more on Kenny Schrader, although the traffic factor made a big difference to allow Schrader to close up some of the daylight between the two. Now again, Kyle Petty with clear sailing directly ahead as he moves over to Joe Moore, and Joe, he's pulling away already again. He's working on him again. Got a couple of lap cars separating himself from the second-place car of Kenny Schrader. Kyle Petty now approaching his father, Richard, about a half a straightaway, separating the two before he'll put Richard a lap down. Looking behind Ken Schrader, a good distance back to the Ernie Irvin car. Kowicki and Harry Gant also separated by about 15 or 20 car lengths. One of the quicker cars in the racetrack now is Ernie Irvin. Remember, he made that unscheduled stop on the pace lap today because of the ignition problem. He worked himself back up to fourth spot and just a lap and a half ago went to the inside of Alan Kowicki, grabbed third place away from Kowicki and now is pulled away from Alan by some eight or nine car lanes. So Kyle Petty leads with Schrader second. Ernie Irvin now up into the third spot. Meanwhile, back in the garage area, Ted Musgrave has retired for the afternoon. With him is Winston Kelly. Ted, an early afternoon. What's the problem? Well, it seems like we lost another motor here today. We lost one in practice, and we lost one uh, pretty early today. Any plans for future Winston Cup competition for the rest of this year, 1991? Well, I'll tell you, I sure enjoyed being out there, but it's always too short. Every time I get out there, I try and learn something. So Wisconsin driver Ted Musgrave, the fourth car out of this afternoon's AC Delco 500. For just a little over 125 miles in the book here this afternoon, the attrition rate's not been all that high. Seems like when the cars start really dropping with the wayside, it's a little past the halfway point. So far, only four cars shown out. Charlie Baker, Tracy Leslie, Jeff Purvis, and Ted Musgrave that we heard from there just a moment ago. Continuing to just dominate this race, pretty much like he did in March here, Kyle Petty. Here he comes off turn number four. He'll be catching his father, Richard Petty, who's won many, many times here at the North Carolina Speedway. And as they hit the front straightaway and cross the start-finish line, already Kenny Schrader is now just about a half a straightaway behind. So Kyle Petty is really setting a pace that nobody can keep up with. He's off turn number two and heading for three. Kyle Petty moving down the back straightaway all by himself. A good distance of lap traffic. It will be distance between himself after he clears father Richard. Watching the battle back for the sixth position, Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt really going at it about the last four or five laps. They approach the entrance to turn number three right now, and Wallace is going to get that spot away from Dale Earnhardt in four. So Dale Earnhardt checks into that position behind Rusty Wallace and just ahead of Ricky Rudd. Meanwhile, Mark Martin is still situated back in 17th place with 24 cars on the lead lap at this juncture of the afternoon. 128 laps are on the board of 492. If you're just joining us, we've had a total of three caution flags this afternoon. Jim Bound and Tom Kendall got together on the 29th lap. Tracy Leslie spun on lap number 45, and Jeff Purvis lost an engine on his machine on the 75th lap, and that has been it. Otherwise, clean and green here in the early stages of the AC Delco 500. The quickest lap of the day so far was the second lap of the afternoon. Ken Schrader at 143.943 miles an hour. So he leads the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award at this juncture of the afternoon, 130 laps in. Kyle Petty now has almost a full straightaway over second place Kenny Schrader as he heads back down to turns one and two. Had a chance to talk with Kyle. Lately, he's been in the best mood. I've seen him in a long, long time. Of course, uh, if you're a race fan and keep up with this business, you knew that Kyle attempted to have a singing career a few years ago, and he had several business interests, including owning a car dealership. 
But at the beginning of the season, he gave up the singing career and has sold off most of his businesses. And I asked him the other day, I said, was that the right decision to make? Did you do the right thing? Well, I think I have, just by the way we run. You know, uh, it's hard to really say, you know, you, you sit back and you look at that stuff while you're doing it, and you say, well, it's not really taking up much of my time. But, you know, I was, wasn't running that well. And then all of a sudden I quit doing it and I start running real good. Uh, you know, and I think that took a lot of that off my mind. Also, at the same time, I, I started quit doing a lot of that stuff. I went with this team, went with Sabco and Gary and John and Felix and this crowd. So, you know, that had a lot to do with it too. So, you know, there were a lot of a lot of outside extenuating circumstances that that show are beginning to show up. That it looks like I'm running real good because I don't do a lot of that other stuff. But uh, I think that's a large part of it, anyhow. He said it really took away from his concentration. He didn't realize how much it did. Even if you're just doing some minor things, owning a business and just going to it now and then, it's got to it's got to take away from your attention to racing. And I think he's seen a big difference in it. We certainly have here in the tower the way he's been running. Let's go to pit road. Well, Barney, uh, we talked earlier. You said just before the race that uh, Allison and them maybe get their get their act together because 15 cent stuff was taken out an $80,000 race car. Well, it just happened again. There's two butterfly shafts inside the carburetor that works off the throttle linkage, and that's what opens up the the, uh, the throttle bores or the or the shafts themselves. Uh, there's a inside of there. There's a little disc, and that opens up, and that's what allows the fuel and the air to mix coming in. That shaft on one of the sides of the carburetor is busted off. That's not a 29 cent shaft. That's probably a buck and a half, but it's uh, cost him any chance to win here today. Well, they're posting him, what, 20 laps down? Exactly. 20 laps down is the word from Mars Metcalf and NASCAR timing and scoring. Davey Allison's folks really felt that he had a chance at winning the race here today. Of course, Kyle Petty has uh, rendered that a moot point so far the way he has been running, but Davey is obviously not going to win this afternoon, sitting some 20 laps in arrears. 135 laps are on the board. Kyle Petty continues to lead. Ken Schrader is second. Ernie Urban third. Alan Kowicki and Harry Gant round out the top five. Trouble over in turn number three. Larry Pearson came into the entrance of the corner all by himself. The back end of the car broke out on him. He locked all four wheels down, spun halfway through the corner and down onto the safety apron without contact with another car or the retaining wall. He's since fired it up and got back on his way, but we're now under caution. We're under caution here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, and pit stops are occurring. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Dale Earnhardt has his Chevrolet in. They put on four tires, filled it up with Unical gasoline. He's already gone. Ricky Rudd has been in, along with Terry Labonte, Morgan Shepard. Mark Martin is still in the pit area. They've changed four tires on his car. So now he is down and away. Dick Trickle is in. Ricky Rudd and Jimmy Hensley on this end of pit road. Dick Brooks. First of all, I gotta say, Barney, I don't know how we ever did this. It didn't look near as bad out in the cars as it does from here. I just seen two cars, Harry Gant and uh, uh, Lord, I don't know, one of the other cars, a blue car, whatever it was, like to run together on pit road. I don't know how they ever missed each other. But Ken Schrader, Rick Mass, Ernie Irvin, Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty, Bill Elliott, Alan Kowicki, and Rusty Wallace sitting down on this end, all got four tires filled up with fuel, and somewhere or another they made it back on a racetrack. And the race off pit road will be won by Kyle Petty. Gary Nelson, that team really doing a great job for him today. Let's go to the back pits and Winston Kelly. Four tires and gasoline for all the teams here on the back straightaway. Bobby Hill and Darrell Waltrip. Larry Pearson came in. He got four tires and gasoline. No damage to the Chevrolet. Richard Petty with a close call leaving the pits, bypassing Jimmy Means. Also, Jim Bound. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones 
who get it done. As much as life has changed over the last year, you're still pretty busy. So consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same tests hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 25 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. Enjoy. Thanks. E, order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Jack Pennington and Sterling Marlin all getting four tires and gasoline. We're just talking about what a great break that was for Mark Martin because a few more laps at the pace Kyle Petty had been setting, Mark would have been a lap down. He was about to go a lap down, so this turns out to be a super break for Mark, who is still running in 17th position at last check. Darrell Waltrip, meanwhile, is way back at the tail end of the field. It's not been a real good day for Darrell. He led a couple of laps this thing and took off in the early going, but since that time, they've had some handling problems on the car. 141 laps are now being shown on the scoreboard as they get ready to put it back under green. Kyle Petty right back at the front of the pack. Davey Allison, 20 laps now. It'll be the first lap car now to the inside. Green is out. They take it back to turn one. Alan Kowicki sits in the second spot directly behind Kyle Petty there on that outside lane. Harry Gant is third. Fourth is Kenny Schrader. And fifth now is Ernie Irwin. Davey Allison trying to hang tough down to the inside, but Kyle Petty and Alan Kowicki will both bypass him. Dave Marcus will also battle with Allison as well as Marcus tries to get past Allison in four. Try as he might, Alan Kowicki just couldn't stay with the jump that Kyle Petty got on the restart. Meanwhile, Ken Schrader will take matters into his own hand, and he'll try and bypass a couple of slower cars to the inside as others went to the outside, but no one can keep up with Kyle Petty. Petty now off of turn number two, separates himself from second place Kowicki by about ten car lengths already. Gant is right tucked on Kowicki's back bumper, then a pretty good distance back to Schrader, who's moved into third. Good battle back there for second place, Alan Kowicki trying to hold off Harry Gant. Now, if you've been here to Rockingham over the years, you know that this has been one of Harry Gant's best racetracks. He, at one time, he, was, he ran second so many times in a row coming here. Yeah, but it's a good track for Harry. I wouldn't count him out to win here today either. Been a good battle back there for fourth place also between Ernie Irvin and Kenny Schrader as Schrader goes after him in turn three. Ernie Irvin put the move on Schrader last time by down the front straightaway. Now he's beginning to pull away from Schrader. Schrader can't seem to get the car hooked up off the bottom of the corner. So as Kenny closes in on Ernie Irvin further back, a squeeze play as Ricky Rudd and Richard Petty nearly got together. Chad Little and Terry Labonte's car also there as we are 145 laps in to the 492 laps here at Rockingham. Kyle Petty continues to pull away with the battle for second between Alan Kowicki and Harry Gant. Real scramble going on out of turn number two, and that will be for the second spot. Alan Kowicki trying to hold off a hard charge of Harry Gant. Gant wanted to look to the low side, but he ran up on the lap car of Jim Bowne and had to fall back in line. It may open the door for Ernie Irvin now as he is closed in on the rear deck of Harry Gant's machine. All of this is some two and a half, three seconds behind the leader, Kyle Petty. 
Kowicki is in second. Gant is third, trying to hold off Ernie Irvin's challenge in turn one. Irvin points the nose of his car right down on the inside of the track. Try to pull alongside Harry Gant, but will not be able to do it this time. Gant in the Oldsmobile running third. Irvin in the Chevrolet running fourth and trying to look down to the inside of Gant again. This time in three, Gant slips up. Here comes Irvin down to the bottom. Ernie Irvin's had a good run this year, but a couple of times the team has been off. They want to win another race before the season is out. Harry Gant doesn't want him to even hang on to that position as they go back into turn number one, and he slows. Let's go to pit road. Yeah, I don't know what it was. He just started to slow down. I didn't know you'd seen it up there or not, but I'll find out in a minute. Well, Ernie Irvin now back up to speed, drops in on the tail end of that three-car draft back in turn three. Ernie Irvin falling back behind Gant and Ken Schrader seems to be wound up to top speed. He's hanging right on to Schrader's back bumper. That might have also opened the bit of a chance there for Bill Elliott, a two-time winner at Rockingham. When Ernie Irvin slowed, it allows Elliott to close in with an eight or nine car lanes of that three-car draft battling back in turn one. Elliott's there in the sixth position. Now he watches Ernie Irvin directly ahead go to the outside of Schrader again in the battle for fifth. Irvin will try and pull up alongside Schrader. Kenny will give him racing room on the outside and Ernie will get the spot easily. Schrader just moves over, waves him on by so Schrader drops back one. Single. Ernie, they said Ernie Irvin's car coming off the turn there was doing fine and it just cut off and then it fired again and hasn't missed since so I don't know, a loose wire someplace. That's been a problem with a couple of cars here today. Ernie Irvin had that problem before the race even started this afternoon. He brought the car on the pit road, and they went inside and did, uh, thought they had an electrical or ignition problem on the machine. Davey Allison's car just shut down a time or two there also, as we said. So, strange day here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. 152 laps being posted on the scoreboard. Kyle Petty showing the rear of his car to everyone else and has been for most of the afternoon. He goes back into turn one. Got about a 15-car length lead over Alan Kowicki. He's got about 10 car lengths over Harry Gant. Then it tightens up a bit. Ernie Irvin right up on his bumper. Kenny Schrader about three car lengths behind that battle. Schrader now holding down the fifth position. Or now 10 car lengths back from Schrader is Bill Elliott. Then comes Dale Earnhardt in seventh. Rusty Wallace running eighth. Running in the ninth spot is Morgan Shepard. And Ricky Rudd is tenth. A real spirited battle going on between the Bodine brothers further back in the field and Sterling Marlin. They're running back around 13th, 14th, and 15th spot. Sterling moments ago tried to make an inside pass on Brett Bodine. Wasn't able to pull it off and had to back off because Sterling nearly took both he and Brett out of the race so they'll settle back in single file here as we're still rather early in the running of the AC Delco 500 on the move Ernie Irvin between turns three and four he'll make a move to the inside of Harry Gant and pick up a position so Kyle Petty leads Kulwicki with Ernie Irvin now in third Harry Gant fourth and Ken Schrader running in fifth let Dale Earnhardt is back there in seventh position as he has just kind of been trying to work his way up to the front after starting back 20th at the beginning of the race here this afternoon. The other side of that coin, Mark Martin going for the Million Dollar Winston Cup Championship. Hasn't been a good day for Mark at all. That car has just not really been running that well. We might get uh, one of our pit reporters to check in there and find out if they have some kind of a problem other than handling or something else. Of course, it's going to be a long day, and Mark Martin may just be kind of waiting back and waiting for the race to come to him. But for the moment, at least at this juncture of the race, with 157 laps complete, he hasn't shown all that much strength. Buddy, I just talked to Steve Meal. He said the car is tight in the middle of the corner, and then when he spins on the gas, it's loose off the corner. I talked to Richard Childress. He said the same for Dale Earnhardt's car. It's tight. It wants to go up the racetrack right in the middle of the corner. It doesn't want to turn in the middle of the corner. So that's the problem both of these drivers are having at this point in the race. But it is correctable with different tire standards. From a philosophical standpoint, though, does Dale Earnhardt approach this race trailing in the points the same way he might have had he been leading the Winston Cup points? Well, I think I approach the race the same way, but it doesn't feel the same. I mean, I, 
I'd rather be in front, uh, whether it be a one-point leader or more. I'd, I'd rather be leading Mark than behind. Uh, any advantage is a good advantage, and uh, he's got the advantage right now with 16 points. Uh, it's been so close for the last several races. Five points means a lot. Uh, he picks five up. I, I pick five up. It doesn't, you know, it's back and forth. So. Well, right now, back and forth is at 49 points, the advantage that Mark Martin has over Dale Earnhardt, and problems again on the Ernie Irvin car. Well, it, start, it shut off again, and then it started running again. It just, uh, he come off the turn, and it just quit. They're going to, uh, well, they don't know for sure what they're going to do, and I don't know what they would do either in this case. They're going to have to eventually bring it in and find it, but, boy, those kind of problems sometimes can be almost impossible. Ernie Irvin now back up to full speed, getting around here just like he has most of the day, except for the time or two that that machine does shut off. We do need to update that Larry Pearson, who spun up there in the corner a moment ago, is back out there and running real strong in his machine. No damage to the car, but uh, they have lost a lot of time position-wise on the racetrack. 161 laps are being shown on the board. He just joined our broadcast for the most of the afternoon. Since Kyle Petty got in front in the early going, nobody's been able to head him off. So it's Kyle Petty doing pretty much what he did here in March of this year when he came down and won all the Unical money. Right now he has an advantage of two and eight-tenths seconds over the rest of the field. The rest of the field being Alan Kowicki back in second, Harry Gant in third. Gant continues to post a very strong run. But the front three, a lot of daylight between them. As Kyle Petty works across the start-finish line, he's about a half a straightaway ahead of Kowicki. It's almost a quarter of a straightaway back to Harry Gant, the third-place car. Why don't we give you a bit of a rundown how they were running moments ago just prior to Ernie Irvin having the problem when his car seemed to shut off for about a lap. Kyle was leading and still is. Kowicki is second. Ernie Irvin was running in third as of moments ago. Harry Gant was fourth and Ken Schrader fifth. Bill Elliott running in sixth. Dale Earnhardt seventh. Rusty Wallace eighth. Ninth is Morgan Shepard. And tenth belongs to Ricky Rudd. In 11th spot, Terry Labonte. Brett Bodine 12th. 13th is Jeff Bodine. 14th, Sterling Marlin. Bobby Hillen's on the lead lap running in 15th spot. 16th is Dick Trickle. 17th, Rick Mast. 18th, Rick Wilson. 19th, Dale Jarrett. Mark Martin running in 20th. 21st is Michael Waltrip. 22nd, Darrell Waltrip. 23rd is Derek Cope. All of those cars on the lead lap. One lap down in 24th is Dave Marcus. 25th, Richard Petty. Running in 26th, Larry Pearson. 27th spot now is Jimmy Hensley. Going in 28th, Tommy Kendall. And 29th is Jack Pennington. Two laps down in 30th is Hutch Strickland. 31st is Chad Little. Three or more laps down in 32nd is the Jimmy Means car. 33rd is Jim Bowne. 34th, Rick Jeffrey. Running in 35th now is Mike Skinner. 36th is Davey Allison. Those are the cars still on the racetrack. And after Ernie Irvin's car comes back up to full song, we are told now he is settled in in 16th position. So he dropped from 3rd to 16th in the span of that almost a one-mile period when the car just basically shut off. 170 laps on the board here this afternoon. 492 make up the total distance in the AC Delco 500. This, as was the case back on March the 4th of this year, has turned into a Kyle Petty benefit. Although when Kyle took home some $228,000 from Unical back in March, he'll not be able to do that today. The Unical challenge at $30,400, and it's up for grabs only to Ken Schrader. But now, under green flag conditions, here we go with pit stops as Rusty Wallace is the first man in. Let's cover his stop. Well, they're going to change four tires on the car. As he come by me, I couldn't tell if they had a flat or not. But, uh, whoops, I'm sorry about that. He's tightening the lugs on the car. They tightened all four lugs 
on the car. He may have felt that he had a vibration from a wheel being loose or something. Been running a long time. Uh, if he was going to have that problem, I think they would have found it before this. Rusty Wallace had been posted back in about eighth position as he makes that pit stop, goes back onto the racetrack. 172 laps are on the board. I tell you, the, the driver would probably need to keep our eye on. We say this almost every time we come here, and that will be Bill Elliott. He doesn't ever really force the issue in the early going. I can't think of how many times over the last three or four years we've watched him come to this racetrack and just ride along in the lead lap, keep the leaders within, a ha say, half a straightaway, and then in that final round of pit stops or whatever, all of a sudden, Elliott is right up there. He may be playing a waiting game here today. Although the way Kyle Petty is getting around this racetrack, if nothing changes on that car, uh, nobody can play a waiting game because he's going to be long gone. He's across the stripe, heading back toward turn number one, and has right now almost two-thirds of a straightaway on Alan Kulwicki. We've been watching Bill Elliott's progress all year, and a lot of folks say, well, Bill's just not had the kind of year he's used to with only one victory, and that coming just a short while ago. But there are a lot of fellas out there who'd love to have the kind of year that Bill Elliott has going right now. Well, that's what I said, and, you know, just other than if we could go back and change a few of the things where we've had, you know, a flat tire or something like that, we'd be in good shape. But there's nothing you can do about it. Right now, Bill Elliott showing in third spot in the points at 3,541. He's just six points ahead of fourth place Jeff Bodine. But I guess the fact that Bill has but one victory this year is given the connotation of a bad season. But they have been running consistently all year. They haven't had a bad year at all. It's just the fact that most of the fans are so used to Bill Elliott winning, you know, almost every other fourth or fifth race. And when you finish second or run third or whatever, they figure you're having a bad year. But that's not the case with Bill Elliott, along with several other drivers in that same category. 176 laps on the scoreboard. Kyle Petty continues to just ease around this racetrack. And Joe Moore watching him come through one and two. He doesn't seem to be having any handling problems at all. And I tell you what, he's grown up a little bit too in this respect. We talked about that the other day. You don't see Kyle put that car in a place where it doesn't need to be. If he runs up on traffic and there's plenty of room to get by, he'll make a move to the outside or inside. But if there isn't, he doesn't take those chances like he once did. We talked about a lot of different drivers using kind of uh, erratic lines here today. Morgan Shepard we call attention to, taking real high lines. Darrell Walter, some of the other drivers. But Kyle, from the very start, has had his car nailed right down at the bottom of the racetrack. He's not working back and forth on the steering wheel. When he comes through here, he sets the car one time. He just rides so smoothly off turn two and sails onto the back straightaway. We're keeping a watch further back in the field on Ernie Irvin. After the problems he had, he's now moved up to the 11th position. His car seemed to be hooked up quite well. And even though problems in the beginning of the race and as recently as several laps ago, Ernie Irvin still may be a threat here today. Well, it could be anybody's race because there's an awful lot of it left. We're talking about Kyle Petty and how he has changed as a driver. You heard him earlier this afternoon say that he'd given up most of his business interests and he thought that had made a big difference and was the right thing to do. And a few weeks ago, we were talking to him at one of the racetracks about maturing as a driver and being a little more patient. Yeah, really. You know, I've always been kind of one that, that if it wasn't happening, try to make something happen and then get in trouble and, you know, you end up tearing up a bunch of stuff. But, you know, and, and Gary's real good about that because he talks to you on the radio. It keeps you calm, tells you where you're at, tells you where the leaders are at, and tells you, hey, you know, it's 200 laps into a 500-lap race. Take your time. We've got plenty of time to catch back up, and, and we'll make adjustments on our pit stops and stuff. So, uh, you know, Gary's helped a lot on that, and I'd have to, as far as being patient, he's the patient one. He just tries to keep me patient. Well, he's doing, using good judgment here this afternoon. He has all season long, really. 
He really has. He has learned to bide his time. And, of course, he now has a very seriously, a very serious contending race car under him each and every week. And that makes a whole world of difference. Not that he hasn't been in contending cars in the past, but when you show up virtually every week knowing that you are one of the many who can win on the Winston Cup circuit, you do start thinking a bit uh, more responsibly, if you will. And that's really shown in Kyle Petty's performance. He has a three and three-tenths second advantage right now on second place, Alan Kowicki. Harry Gant still running third. Bill Elliott is fourth. And Ken Schrader running in the fifth spot. Further back in the field, other cars still scuffling along. Darrell Waltrip running in 22nd spot, although the car handles a good bit better now than it did earlier in the afternoon. Jeff Hammond and the crew trying to chase down that race car, so to speak, and they do seem to have dialed it in a bit better here in the middle stages of this event. If you're just joining us, you're tuned to live coverage on MRN Radio of the AC Delco 500. We are live at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. Only two more races remain on the Winston Cup schedule this year. November the 4th will join you from Phoenix International Raceway for the Checker 500, and then November the 18th, the Atlanta Journal 500 at the Atlanta International Raceway. Certainly ticket offices are open at both of those facilities right now as Ernie Irvin's car shuts off again on the back straightaway. He slows to a snail's pace up in turns three and four, and almost as quickly the car seems to uh, reignite, if you will, and he comes back up to racing pace here at the start-finish line. And Dick Brooks, uh, it's going to be a so frustrating feeling, as Joe was just saying before. Ernie worked his way up to 11th again, and then all of a sudden, of no doing of his own or anybody's, uh, the car just shuts off on him. It's going to be frustrating to see that hard work go out the window. Well, it certainly does, and a problem like that, uh, I think probably everybody here has gone into an automobile dealership someplace say, well, my car's missing or there's some little squirky thing that you can't get it to do when you bring it in there. Well, this is what's happening here, and, and there's, a, there's a, a number of different things that can cause that, uh, but uh, primarily just a loose wire someplace or a wire that's not making good connection and shakes itself loose, shuts the ignition off, and it goes again. So they don't know for sure what to do about it. They're very frustrated, as well they should be. Uh, they don't know when the thing's going to cut off and not fire again. Of course, if it does that, they can find it. They'll find what it is. But the way it is now, they waste so much time trying to find that loose wire, whatever the problem is, that it doesn't, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense for them to come in. But if he can stay in the same lap with them, uh, you never know. Maybe that thing will make contact and it won't uh, come apart again. So they're just going to have to bide their time. A lot of things can change with the distance we have left to go here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, that's for sure. Right now, it's still Kyle Petty, as we said. 196 laps are being posted on the scoreboard. Alan Kowicki's has not been able to do any better than get within about two-thirds of a straightaway behind him, which translates almost to five full seconds, almost six, really, uh, the, the true distance between these two cars. So for the moment, it's one of those stages in a race like Rockingham or Dover where it takes about four hours or so to run it that the drivers know, hey, let's just try to stay in that lead lap if we've got a problem on the car nurse it along until we can get on pit road and get it cured because there's going to be some more cautions more than likely and we got a chance to get right back up there and go at it for the lead the teams are using much more of the racetrack now even the ones that are handling well are taking higher grooves it kind of reminds you of the way you run dover delaware over the years because for seasons upon seasons if you got out of the groove here at rockingham you more often than not found the wall. It was kind of like running Darlington in that regard. And Dick Brooks, just looking around here, there are cars, even some of the top runners, that are using numbers of different uh, grooves here this afternoon, and it doesn't seem to be hurting anybody. Well, I think you have to let the car be as free as it can, and I think as we've talked about most people, 
cars are pushing pretty well. I can't see all the way around the racetrack, but I can see a big part of it. Earnhardt's staying right in his groove. He's down in the bottom. He's uh, goes through the corner as best he can, uh, close to the bottom as he can, at least in one and two. And a lot of the cars are driving into one, letting the car push up on them, and then they're accelerating off. One thing that happens when you do that is you come in and you get a new set of tires on, and they're a little bit of different stagger. It's sometimes hard to get back in the routine of being on the bottom of the racetrack. Now, the fastest way around this thing under normal conditions is still stuck right down on the bottom. You drive it off into the first turn, which is a little bit deceiving because you're going in a, in a kind of a bend anyway. You don't make a square corner out of it. And then when you get down on the bottom of the corner, it, uh, Carl have a tendency to slip out from under you. So you stay tight with it and, uh, and come off the second turn. Now, Earnhardt gets his car right. He's having to slow down in the middle because it's not turning so well on him, but he's still staying down in there. Now, if he gets his car right, he's going to still be in the same groove mentally and probably be tough with it. Uh, I think Kyle's car is staying down in there pretty good, but it's uh, kind of a mental thing here. You let your car be free now, and you do that a long, long time. When you get your car right, you're liable to be mentally off for it, and somebody will drive under you. Separation now between first and second is two and eight-tenths of a second for Kyle Petty's advantage over Alan Kowicki, so the interval has shortened up just a little bit. They've been out there a pretty good while since that last pit stop, and Jim Phillips, what do they run here, uh, assuming this race stays green some, what, 92 or three laps? That would be a safe to run at a 96, maybe 96 laps, Barney, on this racetrack, but uh, be safe at not, about 92 laps, somewhere in that area, 90 to 92 laps. Of course, earlier in the race here, they won't stretch it too far. Uh, when we get down to the end, they might try 96 laps. But I would say about 92, 92 laps. And actually, if you go statistically, I want the teams like to tell you 4.2 to 4.6 miles uh, to the gallon. You can go almost 110 laps if you go statistically on what you're supposed to be getting. So if push comes to shove down the stretch here today, uh, a team or two could try and stretch their fuel mileage a bit more. If memory serves me right, Darrell Waltrip did that yes, some did. years ago. Yes, uh, just a little over 110 miles and went on to win the race. 200 laps are on the scoreboard right now in the AC Delco 500 here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. We were talking a moment ago about using so much more of this racetrack. Back in the old days when they used to put the sealer on this particular speedway here, if you got out of that lower groove, you had about a lane and a half to race off into the turns. I think one thing that's changed that, they don't put the sealer down anymore. This racetrack was repaved a few years ago. The surface is not all that bad, but the radial tires have made a big difference too as far as the cars getting a bite in the corners and being able to use at least a groove and a half, two grooves, and in some cases today, we've seen that third lane being used up there with still some good lap times. Take a quick minute to remind our listeners that a limited number of souvenir racing magazines will be available by mail order uh, the, this coming week. The, uh, all you need to do is write the North Carolina Motor Speedway, Post Office Box 500, Rockingham, North Carolina, $7.50. They'll accept checks or money orders if you'd like to have a copy of the, of the souvenir program for the AC Delco 500 here at this racetrack. 202 are on the board. The big surprise of the day, I guess, Eli, has to be the fact that Mark Martin has not been up there and been a factor in the top five. That team has not missed a beat all year long, so to speak. The consistency may, may not be a factor to win in every race, but most of the time he'll be around the top five or six, but not so today. No, he's at the top 15 right now. He is running in 15th position with Dale Earnhardt running in the eighth spot. So, obviously, the points shuffle 
could well change here today, but at the same time, we are merely 203 laps in to a 492-lap race. So at this point, uh, everything we talk about is obviously speculative. We should mention, though, if you're just tuning in, that neither Dale Earnhardt nor Mark Martin has led a lap here today. And if you're new to our sport and you wonder what the significance might be, you get five bonus points if you do lead a lap, even one lap in the middle of the race. You lead a lap, you get five bonus points, and the driver who leads the most laps in the course of an afternoon would get an additional five bonus points. That right now is looking very strong in Kyle Petty's favor as we work our way towards halfway here at the AC Delco 500. Why don't we run things down again? The car's on the lead lap. There are still 19 on the lead lap with Kyle Petty showing the way. Alan Kulwicki is second. Harry Gant third. Bill Elliott fourth and Ken Schrader fifth. Sixth is Ricky Rudd having a good run. Seventh is Sterling Marlin. Eighth is where you'll find Dale Earnhardt. Ninth is the Jeff Bodine car and tenth is Terry Labonte. Ernie Irvin runs in 11th, 12th is Morgan Shepard, Brett Bodine is 13th, 14th belongs to Rick Mast, Mark Martin is in 15th, Darrell Waltrip 16th, Bobby Hill in 17th, then Rick Wilson and Dale Jarrett, those are the 19 cars on the lead lap. We are live at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. 212 laps are complete in the running of the EC Delco 500. It's a beautiful, sunshiny afternoon here in the Sand Hills region of North Carolina. The third from the final race on the Winston Cup schedule for 1990, and it has been all Kyle Petty thus far. As a matter of fact, Kyle continues to lead the True Value Hard Charger standings, predictably enough, as he has led most all of this race. Ken Schrader, who is fifth in the race, currently second in the True Value Hard Charger points. That is in a contest where the top five runners on each lap get points over the course of the afternoon. The attrition list uh, rather slim today. Four drivers gone with engine failure. Charlie Baker, Tracy Leslie, Jeff Purvis, and Ted Musgrave. Meanwhile, Mike Skinner has just taken his car behind the wall. Let's get an update from Winston Kelly. Mike is still sitting in the car, and the crew is looking up underneath the hood. Mike, what seems to be the problem? Well, I believe the ignition has given up on us. Uh, we're going to try the other coil here and see what the deal is. So Mike Skinner still having his glid and paint Chevrolet worked on here on the back straightaway pit. Still watching the Bill Elliott machine out there go through both ends of this racetrack. And Alan Bestwick over in turns three and four. All day long, he's one of the few cars that seems to be able to drive in real low in turn three and just plant that car right at the bottom of the speedway and keep it there. And it's pretty obvious he's got a lot more car than he's showing at this stage of the game. And I think one of the important things, you, you gentlemen touched on this before, about letting the race come to him, he's not pushing that car at all. Bill is really not working hard and forcing the car in lap traffic or when he came up on Harry Gant to try and make that pass several laps back. He didn't force the car on Harry Gant. He waited till basically Harry slipped up the racetrack and gave him an opening before he drove on by. So Elliott looking very smooth and right now very good, I think, towards the later stages of the race. And he's like much like Darrell Waltrip. In fact, he told me a long time ago he kind of patterned his driving style after Darrell Waltrip. He said Darrell Waltrip didn't win $10 million by being a dummy in this uh, sport of Winston Cup stock car racing. You kind of wait and let the race come back to you, and a lot of times it will do that, particularly in, a, in an endurance-type race, much like we see here and at Dover Downs, where it takes about four hours to get it done. 217 go up on the scoreboard. We talked about Mark Martin a moment ago. He qualified 21st, had this best time on the second round of qualifying, and we expected him to go right up to the front of the pack. But currently he is no better than 15th, and a few times he might have been a position or two higher than that. But for the most part, he's been back in the pack all afternoon. Had a chance to talk with his car owner, Jack Roush. 
An and interesting he, man. He isn't really, he? really is. I, I never talked to Jack that much other than just maybe kind of small talk type deal in the garage area. But the other day we took the tape recorder and went sit down in the truck and talked at great length. And he likes to talk. I mean, once he starts opening up, you almost have to put the vice grips on him to get him to kind of slow down a little bit. But he's very interesting. He talked yesterday about it had been a good year for his team, but he knows it isn't over. The championship, uh, it could go either way. We're uh, just hanging on here, trying to, to, to keep doing what we've been doing and hoping the Providence that's been smiling on us continues and that the things that break beyond our control and the crashes that occur that we can't anticipate don't take us out of contention. But we're very proud to be where we are and just holding our breath that, uh, that the good luck for us will last. Well, he's kind of hoping it will. And I, you watch this, and I do too. I think we talked about it earlier. You'll see Earnhardt go over there. Uh, of course, Richard Childress owns Dale Earnhardt's team. Earnhardt knows what's at stake for both these drivers between himself and Mark Martin. Now, he goes around Jack Rouse. They've been pretty good friends off and on for the year. But Dale will go over and put a headlock on him like a wrestler, you know, and they'll kind of scuffle around a little bit. And uh, Dale told me one day, he said, he doesn't know what to make of me. He said, you know, it's just kind of strange. He, he kids, I kid around with him, and he doesn't understand that. I asked Jack about that, and Jack really knows what's going on there. We're not going to be lulled into a sense of uh, lacy fair or complacency that will impact our championship uh, in any way. And part of what they're doing, uh, not only are we friends, and we are, but but some of it's being poked, uh, some of the fun that's being poked and some of the things that are happening have been, I think, in the interest of making us a little more comfortable uh, than we might be. But we, we expect that, uh, that when it comes right down to it, or uh, that uh, Dale will race as hard with Mark as he's, we've seen him race with anybody ever, and that can be pretty tough. And uh, we don't want to be, uh, and we won't be uh, lulled into a, a sense of uh, well-being that will, will cause us not to prepare for that, which we'll be ready when it happens. So what Jack is saying is Earnhardt can come around and, uh, you know, kind of kid with us all he wants to, but when it comes time to get it done, things will change. On pit road, the leader, Kyle Petty, brings his car in, and this should be a scheduled stop. Let's go to the pits. Well, it is. They've, uh, they have planned to bring him in on lap 222. They did that. Uh, they've got a pretty unique system here as far as how they keep up with it. They've got a computer system, and, uh, and they keep track. it keeps track for them for fuel, tire wear, uh, their comparison to the top five cars, their distance on the car behind them, and their lap times. And uh, when he came in 20 laps ago, he had a lead over the second place guy by uh, about 3.1 seconds. In 20 laps, he picked up three seconds or a little better because uh, when he came in, he was 6.5 seconds uh, lead over him. So he's consistently uh, outrunning the second place car, which I'm assuming is outrunning everybody else. But he's been running laps in just about exactly 27 and a half seconds. Hasn't varied very much in the last 30 laps. Meanwhile, the two top point men are in together on pit road. Mark Martin stops, as does Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's crew going to the right side, now around to the left side for tire change all the way around. Mark Martin's crew is doing the same. A four-tire change for both men on lap number 224. Ricky Rudd is in. Ernie Irvin is in. Terry Labonte comes in for service. And again, the flying aces get Earnhardt out in a hurry. Mark Martin has to hit the binders to avoid getting run into by Terry Labonte. Back to the pitch. In the garage area with Dick Trickle. Dick, you parked your Pontiac. What happened? Well, Phil 66 Pontiac's running pretty good. Uh, we were just a little bit too tight. We needed to loose the car up. We're just waiting for another yellow. But uh, I think we had a piston go bad or something. It, uh, the engine just went sour, and we had to pull it in and broke a piston. But we were too tight. 
Well, another pit stop or so, we're going to loosen it up, and I think we're going to step up pretty good. That's Dick Trickle. He's out of the AC Delco 500 here this afternoon. Morgan Shepard brings the motorcraft forward onto pit road, and Bud Moore and the team go to work to service that car, and they may make a four-tire change. That's exactly what they're going to do to send him back on the racetrack. Michael Waltrip brings his car into the pits. Now, these are all routine stops. Davey Allison is in the pits. Derek Cope. The Daytona 500 winner brings the Pure Later Filters car onto pit road for service. And here comes Brett Bodine. Let's go to the back pits with Winston Kelly. In for service a couple of laps ago on lap 225 was Larry Pearson. He got two tires in gasoline. Sterling Marlin, who had worked his way up all the way to the seventh position, came in a lap ago. He got four tires in gasoline. Darrell Walker now brings the tight Chevrolet in. They're going to the right side of that car. They're going to also get four tires in gasoline. Jack Pennington on pit road. He's getting four tires in gasoline. Here comes Richard Petty. He's got the SDP Pontiac in. He'll get four tires in gasoline. The problem on the Mike Skinner car is a dead battery, and they're replacing the battery, which is located up underneath the left rear of the car, directly behind the driver's side of the car. They have to take off the left rear tire to get up to the battery, similar to many sports cars. So Mike Skinner having a battery replaced on his car. Still waiting for Bill Elliott to come on to pit row. They're posting him as a leader. He hasn't made his pit stop yet. And Ricky Rudd's car was in there twice. Jim Phillips, any indication as to why? No indication at all, Barney. Uh, Ricky Rudd just came in and changed left side tires on his automobile and sent him on his way. And also Chad Little has been in and Jimmy Hensley has been in on this end of pit road. Jeff Bodine has yet to make his stop also. And uh, when everything evens out as far as the cars that are on the lead lap go down to make the regular stop, it looks like it will move Kyle Petty right back up to the front of the pack. Now, Bill Elliott has yet to pit. Does pit strategy change here in 1991 because of track position, Bill? I think it's changed in the last year quite a bit. You know, just from the standpoint of how many capable race cars and how many good teams there are right now, and everybody's got their act together for it, be on pit road or on a racetrack or whatever. Most everybody has got their, their, their act together very well. Thoughts of Bill Elliott, who now does come in for service in front of Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to change four tires on him, filling up the Unical gasoline. They've got that done, and he goes away. Most everybody down here has pitted except for Jeff Bodine, and they've not brought him yet. They're struggling trying to keep him up, keep him going where they want him, so they're going to let him run as long as they can. I haven't tried to figure up if they uh, have any extra, uh, you know, if they can do it in less stop or something by waiting, but they are now getting out going ready to bring him in. One thing we can say about this thing, just a short period of time uh, in the last three or four years, it's gone from uh, Ford having to pit considerably earlier than uh, GM products because of fuel mileage. That's changing some. I think uh, the last uh, go-around of pits uh, that's performed by these uh, guys today are all Ford, so they're outlasting Chevrolet now with uh, with fuel mileage as uh, Jeff Bodine just now comes to the pit crew. Jeff Bodine is the final group of cars in the lead lap to make his pit stop. They go to work on that machine. We'll change the right side tires. Now, these are all green flag stops, and they are scheduled pit stops. No unscheduled ones here. Everybody was due to come onto pit road, and Jeff Bodine will be the last car to make a stop. So, as we said, now that all the front runners have been in the pits, Kyle Petty goes right back to the front of the pack. They're posting 
Perry Gant as the number two position. Back in third, looks like Alan Kowicki, then Kenny Schrader and Rusty Wallace. Now let's set the situation on the racetrack. From the leader, Kyle Petty, back to second place, Harry Gant is seven and six-tenths seconds. Meanwhile, Mark Martin is just directly ahead of the race leader, Kyle Petty, as he was before the pit stops of moments ago. So Kyle is in a position to put Mark Martin a lap down. Here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, all the pit stops are now complete in both the front pits and the back pits, and all the runners have been able to go in and change at least two tires and dump in a tank of Unical 76 gasoline and get back out there and set to race for a while. While the field is a little bit strung out, it'll give us a chance to talk with Bill Osborne, the vice president of marketing for Union 76 products in the Midwest. I'm sure you were here yesterday for the Unical 76 pit crew challenge, Bill. It was quite a day and, uh, and very exciting. I can't believe how close the competition was. It really was. That particular thing that you guys do here has been a great recognition for the pit crews. We talked with a lot of the guys yesterday down there. I think it started back about 1967. And back in that era of stock car racing, if a driver won a race, he got all the credit. They said this driver did this and this driver did that or whatever. The crews didn't get any recognition at all. Once you guys started doing the Union, Unical 76 pit crew race and it got more and more publicity, the crews have really gotten into this thing. They take it really, really serious. They sure do. And they really like the opportunity to go out and, and be judged on their own merits. They like competing and being timed and getting the recognition that they deserve. It's really an important part of the whole race. Bill, tell me about Unical's identification throughout the Midwest. Uh, obviously, the Winston Cup Series runs at Michigan. The Bush Series goes to Indianapolis and so on. Is Unical getting the mileage in the Midwest, the upper Midwest, your marketing area that uh, we see on a regular basis here in the Southeast? Well, it's uh, very impressive. Uh, for people who are not part of the Midwest, they don't recognize that. They don't have the awareness that you have in the southeast. It's more of a cultural position that uh, Unical and Pure and 76 have had in the southeast. It's now that way in the Midwest, too. 76 brand is uh, very well known in the racing uh, teams and, and the fans there. Uh, support it uh, tremendously. It's uh, very good, very well accepted. I know Unical has been in this business almost since NASCAR's inception, way back in the late 40s. And a lot of companies that come into this business use the product in the cars, on the cars, whatever. And you learn an awful lot by running your gasoline in these cars. I'm sure that it makes a better product at the gas pump for the consumer, doesn't it? Well, that's what we believe. You know, if you've got enough uh, nerve and guts to put your product on display before the world in a 500-mile race, and you're talking about performance and you're talking about quality, we do that 30 times a year on NASCAR races. We, we believe people can trust our product when they pull up at the pump. So we think there's a real relationship there. Bill, thanks for stopping by and chatting with us a moment. Bill Osborne, the Vice President of Marketing for Uni Unical 76 Products in the Midwest. Thanks. Thank you. And there's problems on Jeff Bodine's car. Bill, thank you for joining us as Jeff eludes a plume of smoke. Was it he or was it Hutch Strickland? Correct myself. It'll be Hutch Strickland's car who shows a lot of smoke going through turns three and four. The Rebestus Brakes Buick, not Jeff Bodine, but Hutch Strickland's machine that smokes heavily going through the turn area. And Jim Phillips is walking alongside the driver from Calera, Alabama, as they turn into the garage. Hutch, what happened? Can't really tell. I think something happened to the motor. It just uh, left out of the pits there. And, uh just one of those deals for Hutt Strickland. He will not finish the AC Delco 500 here this afternoon. Hutt taking the car to the garage area, and I'm sure if Tim Brewer's tuned into our broadcast, he almost had a 
uh, a, a big one down there, so to speak, when you said Jeff Bodine, but the cars look so much alike, it really was hard to tell. But Hut Strickland takes the car to the garage to join Dick Trickle, Mike Skinner, Ted Musgrave, Jeff Purvis, Tracy Leslie, and Charlie Baker, the cars were showing behind the wall. Here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, 243 laps are on the board. There are 13 cars on the lead lap at this juncture. Kyle Petty is the race leader. Harry Gant second. Alan Kulwicki third. Fourth is Ken Schrader and fifth Bill Elliott. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Sterling Marlin seventh. Eighth is Ernie Irvin Carr. Rusty Wallace is ninth. Tenth, Dale Earnhardt. Eleventh is Mark Martin. Twelfth is Jeff Bodine, whose Budweiser Ford is still humming along nicely out there. And next in line, thirteenth, Terry Labonte. The 13 cars on the lead lap at lap 244. Kyle Petty, the leader, now caught up in some traffic as he works out of turn number two. And Alan Kowicki has closed in on him just a little bit. Kowicki continues to try and chop the gap down right now. He's got about the length of the back straightaway, Kyle does. That's about a quarter mile, but he's in some heavy traffic off of four. As Kyle comes through the corner, he will fall in on the tire tracks of Derek Cope for the moment as he follows him back into turn number one. Terry Labonte behind him there. Half been lapped moments ago trying to get himself back on the lead lap. It'll be tough. Eli, just looking at the computer here, Kyle Petty's computer again, as I told you before. 19 laps into this run, he had a 6.3 second lead on uh, Allen. Uh, this lap, which is 32 laps into this run after the after the pit stop, he's only got a 5.3 lead. So he's lost one second on him in uh, in about uh, 12 laps. He almost got clipped that time coming out of turn number four, just brushed together a little bit with Derek Cope's car, and the car, car got very squirrely for just a second. He puts it back in line, and they're over in turn three. Kyle Petty down to the inside of Derek Cope now as he enters turn number three. Derek Cope slips up the racetrack a little, but Kyle can't shake him off the corner. As they work off the corner, Dick Brooks is standing there near Gary Nelson, who is the crew chief on the peak, Pontiac. And I'm interested to find out what uh, Gary has been saying here, Dick, over the last few laps. Are they showing any concern? Is Kyle just biding his time or what? I asked him a couple minutes ago if there was anything wrong. He said no. And when I came back and looked at this machine, he is running the same speed exactly that he was running when he came in the pit. He's running 27 and a half seconds. That's the same speed. I don't have a clock on Alan Kowicki, but... Uh, he's either picked up a little bit of speed on on it or, or uh, Kyle's having trouble getting through traffic. Uh, his time is fluctuating quite a bit. He had some times in 26 and a half seconds, had some times in 29 seconds. So his times are not as consistent as they were earlier. 4.3 seconds is the last time here across the stripe from first to second. He's been working through some lap traffic, and as we said a little bit earlier this afternoon, Kyle is not about to overextend that car or put it in a place where he's going to get a wrinkle put in it or whatever, and that may be part of the slowdown, but I don't think that's all of it. Alan Kowicki seems to be getting a little bit stronger, so the interval is beginning to get a little bit shorter each time around, but there's still a pretty good gap between the leader and Alan Kowicki. Now, the quickest lap of the day was still lap number two when Ken Schrader turned a 143.943 miles an hour. Kyle had a lap of 143.7 just a short while ago, but the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award still in the hands of Ken Schrader at this juncture. Let's go back to the pitch. Well, Gary Nelson's talking to uh, Kyle and giving him a lap time. Gary, you might have slowed down just a little bit. Something happened? Well, right during that rush of pit stops, somebody dropped some oil down low, and uh, Kyle's running lower than anybody, so the oil affected him more than the other cars. But now, as oil's wearing off the track, we're getting our pace back. Well, I think kind of kind of holds true because his lap times on the machine shows it to be getting more consistent. 
but he's also uh, probably taking more care down there also. As I explained earlier, this is a funny racetrack. You drive off into the first turn, and you know you've got full control of it, and you get to the bottom of it, and uh, all of a sudden it slips out from under you. So I'm sure he doesn't want to do that today. 259 laps are being shown on the scoreboard here this afternoon. The latest rundown we had from NASCAR scoring indicated that Mark Martin had moved up to 11th position, so he's getting a little bit closer to the front as uh, Dale Earnhardt was being shown in 10th, so only one spot between the two there as far as track position, the way they're getting around here right now. Talked with Earnhardt and Mark at great length, as did all the other media here this weekend. Mark is kind of loose about the championship, just taking it all in stride, and he kind of put it into perspective of what it really boils down to. I tell you, <clears throat> I have said this week, though, that I wish somebody would wake me up in the morning and tell me who won. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that deal at uh, Charlotte, I think, woke up not only us, but the race fans as well, to the fact that uh, this deal ain't going to be over till it's over. I think it's really... If we both had to have trouble, it's great that we had trouble in the same race. Uh, uh, other than having to uh, us having trouble in, in Charlotte and, and Dale not having trouble, and then he would have took the lead, and then it would have been, you know, everybody would have been in uproar over that, and then he had trouble, let's say here, and we took the lead. You know, I'm just glad that that both of us had trouble in the same race, and that maybe we can finish off the year. See, we had 10 or 12 races in a row. We never missed the top 10, uh, and hardly missed the top five, and. Uh, ourselves as well as the race fans got to believing that nothing could ever go wrong and uh, it can't so uh, we'll you know we'll be glad to get you know get another one behind us and and uh, get closer to the end so mark martin your thoughts about the winston cup championship and it's like dale said anything can happen in this business he may blow me away by a great deal of points before the year's over. Mark could have trouble, and as Dale said, I could just kind of sweep this thing in the next couple of races myself. You know, a lot of folks still talking about uh, the situation that happened to Dale Earnhardt at Charlotte uh, when the wheel came off there in the turn and so on. I was asking Jeff Hammond, who has been in his share of championship runs lately, how close do we come each and every race to a major mistake by some pit crew somewhere along the pit lane? You really knew the truth about it. It probably happens about... Uh, 20 or 30 times probably during the course of a race because it's so easy. You know, you got to put yourself in a couple people's positions. Sometimes if you're not thinking all the time, uh, crew chief-wise, you don't tell your driver what's going on uh, and reiterate, hey, we're going to change four tires, he can come in and not pay attention because he's sitting there maybe just trying to clear his head. When you're concentrating, you run 100 miles at better than 150, 160 miles an hour in traffic. I mean, your, your whole world in a you know, proper perspective is just kind of like whirling around and so when you come in you're thinking about two things I can take a deep breath get me a cold drink of water and wash my face and if you're washing your face you, maybe you don't see the guy on the left side taking the left front off now I asked Jeff if there is a particular type of communication that he and his driver Darrell Waltrip go through during a pit stop and one key word that we practice during the week here at least I know with Darrell is that you don't holler whoa because it sounds like go so you practice using a word called stop. And if a driver don't stop then, well then you know you gotta have a long talk with him. But that's something he if you ever holler stop on the radio, he is supposedly to train himself to where he just locks her up and then there's something wrong. But for it to happen, it can happen to my team real easy. Uh, we had a hood fly up on us one time and Daryl got in a hurry and we were hollering whoa and he thought we said go because we didn't have the hood pins in and we had a hood fly up. So it can happen, it happens real easy. 
It really does. And we've also seen a battle for the lead here, Barney. Well, something's happened to Kyle Petty. He's off the pace. Let's go down to pit road. When he came by, Barney, sounded like he's running only, only seven cylinders. The car sounds flat as it comes by each time. So Kyle Petty, it seems like, has lost a cylinder. Dick Brooks will be down in that vicinity, but he is far, far off the pace from what he was running a little bit earlier that has allowed Alan Kowicki to slide by him, and Kowicki is now the leader, and he may lose that second spot over in turn two. Eric Hans on the outside of Kyle Petty, battling with him, coming off turn two, dead even here on the back straightaway. That cylinder problem, also a good diagnosis because Kyle Petty is getting through the corners as well as everybody else, but he's getting passed by everyone on the straightaways. He holds okay. Bill Elliott off in turn three, but then on the straightaway, Elliott goes right by. I'm with Gary Nelson. Gary, what happened? We're not sure. It's really slowing down. It's lost uh, probably one or two cylinders, maybe some ignition problems. We're not sure, but uh, we can't stop until we're a lap down. So we're going to stay on the racetrack, hope for a caution. Maybe we get a chance to work on it, but we'll see what how it goes there. And now Derek Cope is slowing on the back straightaway as well. The Purolator filters machine for Derek Cope, who was a twice winner this year, the Daytona 500 and the Budweiser 500 at Dover. He slows markedly on the back straightaway. He'll be coming around to the attention of Buddy Parrott and the crew here on the main straightaway. So when it happens, it happens in a hurry at Rockingham. Derek Cope has taken his car to the garage area. Quickly, let's get his thoughts and find out what happened. Derek, you're in the garage area. What happened? Well, unfortunately, I think uh, the pure litter certainly has got engine failure. Something went wrong. He started to lay down, and uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, just lay down and wouldn't go anymore, so I shut it off to try and save things. But uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, we got lapped there, but the car, we just, we just got too tight. That last stop got hurt, but it was a pretty good day for us. That's Derek Cope. He's out of the AC Delco 500. 276 laps are on the board, 492 make up the total distance this afternoon in the AC Delco 500. If you're just joining us, Kyle Petty had been the dominant car all afternoon long, but here over the last 10 or 12 minutes, he has uh, developed an apparent engine problem that has relegated him now down to fifth spot with Alan Kowicki, the race leader. Harry Gant is second, Bill Elliott third, Ken Schrader fourth, and then Kyle Petty in fifth. On the attrition list, you heard Derek Cole tell us moments ago he is gone with engine failure. Mike Skinner now also goes behind the wall with the same problem. So we have lost eight cars this afternoon and every one of them goes out with an engine failure. I see Jim Phillips down in the Levi Garrett pit standing near Waddell Wilson who is one of the premier engine builders on the circuit. Is this something unusual Jim Phillips as far as uh, engine stress here at Rockingham? Yes, Waddell Wilson. Waddell, we've had eight cars out today with engine problems. Is this racetrack really tough on engine? Well, you know, the, a lot of people have put low gears in, figuring that the track would, may run a little slower than what it is. And, you know, that's, here is a place that you've got to run it all day, and, and a lot of people now are trying to win and, and trying to run up front. So, But now we've ended up with a vibration in our car, so there's a lot of people having problems. That's Waddell Wilson, the chief engine builder and crew chief for Ricky Rudd. This track's kind of like Dover. Uh, Dick Brooks can kind of embellish on this a little bit, I'm sure, because used to they'd break crankshafts and stuff like that at Dover, and it seemed like some of the one-mile speedways were tougher on engines than any place we went. And Dick, it did. I, I think there's no such thing as breaking a crankshaft even back in the old days, but at Dover you could go up there and pop one right in half. Well, Barney, there's a such thing as a cycle life on uh, almost anything that, that moves, whether it be in aircraft engines or in uh, automobile engines or anything else. you got so many miles, you got so much time, and then you got so many cycles that something's good for. Uh, 
uh, used to we used to figure cycles on uh, on uh, connecting rods and stuff to uh, to be uh, you know however many it was I can't remember the number now it's a, it's, a, it's a way up in the hundreds of thousands but you got a cycle number that you're going to run those uh, those uh, connecting rods you got a cycle uh, number that you're going to run the crankshaft and stuff on well this particular place an engine runs a lot of cycles because it takes so long the engine's running uh, x amount of rpms just like it does on a short track or a, or a real long track but it does it for a long long period of time so the engine life here is used up uh, just because of time uh, say three hours uh, you've run so many cycles through an engine uh, and then uh, and this race takes four hours so then you start having trouble at the end of that uh, uh, rods are, are stretching a little bit uh, pistons are starting to flatten out a little bit uh, the skirts on them are starting to draw up a little bit valve springs and valves are starting to stretch all the things that uh, just comes over time uh, starting to happen they used to figure one of these uh, cars on a 500 mile race uh, in three three and a half hours was equal to driving about a hundred thousand miles on a regular streetcar in four hours it's equal to 150 hours or so on a streetcar because it's just the extra tension that's put on the thing so I think it has to do with a lot of it on long racetracks. Another thing like Waddell says, that has happened all through my career in racing. When you get scared, you start putting gear in. When drivers start complaining, the crew chiefs start putting gear in. When drivers are saying they're not doing very well and, uh, and they're getting scared, they say, put me some more gear in. Well, they do that because it makes the car look better. It makes the car feel better. You can, you can uh, run closer to the front. But that just adds to the same thing I was just talking about. The, uh, it takes away from the longevity of the engines. And you're gambling pretty heavy on it. Some of those guys uh, like Waddell and Robert Yates and the guys that's been around forever and ever, Hell Elliott and those guys, uh, they know all that. Most of the time they won't sock the gear to them unless the pressure is really on them. And I think that's happened right here. Kyle Petty, after dominating most of this race in the early going up to the halfway point this afternoon, has now slipped back all the way to sixth position. Whatever the problem is on that car, you heard Gary Nelson tell us a few moments ago they're just going to stay out there and ride it out and try to get on pit road and find out whatever they can do to it and maybe still give him a shot to win. But it has slipped him all the way back to sixth position. The leader is Alan Kowicki. And I'll tell you, creeping up on Alan Kowicki is Bill Elliott. As we said a little bit earlier this afternoon, don't count him out because he's getting closer and closer as Elliott has now moved up into the number two position. He just got around Harry Gantt a few moments ago. Gantt currently is still being posted back in third. Fourth is Kenny Schrader, and fifth is Ernie Irvin. Of course, Kyle at this point might be one of the leading candidates for the Goodies Headache Award. That will be voted on by the media in attendance here this afternoon. $750 and a sample of Goodies Headache powders and tablets to try and cure a headache will go to the winner of the Goodies Headache Award. Of course, the MRN crew, as our afternoon winds down, will be voting the Peak Performance Cool Move with a Race Award. The winner of the Cool Move Award gets $500 from the folks at Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. We are pushing our way towards the 300 lap mark here this afternoon, some 10 laps shy of that point. Alan Kulwicki continues to lead the AC Delco 500 at Rockingham. From the North Carolina Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We are at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham, North Carolina, the beautiful Sand Hills region known for its golf courses and auto racing. And we're glad you're along with us on MRN Radio. The AC Delco 500 is 296 laps complete. Alan Kowicki now has caught the... 
car directly ahead of him, who is Mark Martin, and now is about to put Martin, the Winston Cup point leader, a lap down in turn two. Kowicki climbs the banking in turn two, now up alongside Martin as they hit the backstretch. But Kowicki's going to run up on the back of the Dave Marcus car as Martin holds the inside line. Kowicki's going to get by on the high line, though, entering turn number three. Now he's going to set off after Dale Earnhardt. So as they work themselves around turn four, Martin goes a lap down. Kowicki's legion of fans rise and cheer as one. We're also watching some smoke that has begun to boil off the right front of Richard Petty's car. It's possible Joe Moore in the corner. You are out of a better view than we. Uh, is the sheet metal caved in on that car at all? Looked like that was the case. Defender been in on the tire. Richard has gone to his pit. Let's get an update from Winston Kelly on the back pit area. The crew's going to work on the left side of the car now. They just finished changing four tires. At the same time, they were banging away the sheet metal on the right front of the car. So a little bit of sheet metal damage rubbing on the right front of the Richard Petty car. He gets four tires on the SDP Pontiac, and he's back on the track. So Richard Petty rejoins the fray on the 298th lap. 492 make up the distance here at Rockingham, so we have still got a ton of racing to go. Next week, the Winston Cup Series is idle, but MRN will be carrying its microphones to the beautiful Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. The Winston 500 Classic next weekend. We'll have the Winston Cup, or the Winston uh, Classic with the Bush Grand National cars and the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. That's two of the three races that will be run there next weekend. The late model stock cars will get it going at 12 noon with our broadcast at 1 o'clock next Sunday from Martinsville Speedway. Tickets do remain, certainly, as they'll settle the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour Championship. And we'll watch the finale for the Bush Grand National Series as well. So with Mark Martin now a lap down to our race leader, Alan Kowicki, Kowicki's next order of business would be to put Dale Earnhardt a lap down, and that's a story that is unfolding in turn three. Kowicki has closed to within about four car lengths of Earnhardt now. He'll begin to work on him a little bit off of turn number four. Kowicki's really had it dialed in here all day long. He catches up to Dale Earnhardt about three, four car lengths behind him, tries to chop it down a little bit. Earnhardt stands on it going off into turn number one. Big pack of traffic directly ahead. That may be a factor in this battle. A couple of cars directly ahead, racing side-by-side. Side. Rick Mast and Chad Little as Elliott leads them back down to turn three. All the Ford fans waving Kulwicki on on the back straightaway as he tries to put the good red Chevrolet a lap down. He's chopped it down now to where he's right on Earnhardt's back bumper. There are also four cars directly ahead of both Earnhardt and Kowicki that will come into play here in a moment. Across the stripe, 302 laps on the board. Kowicki, the leader, trying to put Earnhardt a lap down. Right up to the top side of the racetrack goes Alan Kowicki, the Ford, wound up now, pulling alongside the Goodrich Chevrolet. Kowicki will take the high groove. Earnhardt will be forced to the bottom of the racetrack. He tries to keep the Chevrolet wound up, make the car a little wide on the back straightaway, but in turn number three, Kowicki will motor around to the outside. Earnhardt is driving and running that car just as hard as he can to keep from going a lap down because that can make a big difference in positions the way they finish here this afternoon already with Mark Martin one lap behind. So far, Kulwicki hasn't been able to do it. They're back in two. This time he brushes up the banking a little bit too high. Kulwicki does. Earnhardt stays even on the back stretch. Earnhardt running hard in the bottom groove. This time, Kulwicki's going to get a fender out front at the end of the back straightaway, and Earnhardt's going to run up on the Chad Little car in the low groove, so Kulwicki will get it done this time off of four. Here comes Earnhardt again. If you're just tuning in, this is not for the lead. This is for Earnhardt to try and stay on the lead lap with the race leader, Alan Kulwicki, trying to put him a lap down. Kulwicki draws even to the outside groove in turn one. Question will be, where 
into the lap cars go as the two are side by side off turn two. But now coming off the corner, it's Kulwicki getting by Earnhardt. Kulwicki will move cleanly in front as they reach the end of the back straightaway now. This battling with Earnhardt has allowed Bill Elliott to close in on Kulwicki. Now will make him about 10 car lengths back from the leader. Dale Earnhardt tried to use one of the tricks that he's used over the years on a lot of drivers in this business by letting Kulwicki get going side by side, going off into turn number three there three or four laps ago, hoping Kulwicki would get in there way too hard and maybe drift up high and get the car a little bit out of shape and maybe do something to the tires. But Kawicki wouldn't have any part of that. And now he has put Dale Earnhardt a lap down while Bill Elliott tries to close in a little bit more. Elliott now is some eight, nine car lengths behind. And very shortly, if he can get up there, we'll have a good hot battle for the lead. Still, Alan Kawicki setting the pace after Kyle Petty has had a problem and fallen back in the field. He dominated the great part of this race, more than 200 laps. Bill Elliott trying to chase down the leader right now, which is Kawicki out of turn number four. There's no traffic between himself and the leader, but at a daylight space of about 10 or 12 car lengths, they head back to two. Kowicki's working on the Dale Jarrett car in turn number two, trying to put a lap on that machine as he pulls alongside him. Elliott closes in even more. And closing on Elliott is Harry Gant. Gant running in third now, only about seven or eight car lengths back off Elliott's bumper. He closes that gap as well, too, so we're going to have a three-way battle for the lead shortly. So that old rubber band kind of snapping back into place now as the front three cars, Kowicki, Elliott, and Harry Gant. Trouble in turn two. Tommy Kendall spins directly in front of Jeff Bodine and Jimmy Means. The car slides up the banking. He locks up the brakes. Now the car rolls down the banking. Everyone gets by. No contact is made. We're under caution. Caution is out. It'll be the fifth one this afternoon. It comes out at lap 310 as Tommy Kendall had a problem over in turn two. Let's go back for a recap. Similar incident to what happened to Tracy Leslie earlier this afternoon. He just lost control of the car. It looped around. He locked down the brakes and brought the car to a halt at the top side of the racetrack. There was some traffic coming directly ahead. Jeff Bodine most namely there, and Bodine did a good evasive move to get around the spinning car. Kendall has since fired the car and driven back down the pit road. Now, none of the cars that had just been lapped by Alan Kowicki, none of them got their lap back. They were not in a position to race Kowicki back to the stripe, so both Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin, the men involved in the Winston Cup point chase, they are still one lap down to the race leader. We told you about Rick Mast making a pit stop on the 305th lap. He lost two laps during that uh, exchange, one during the pit stop and one coming into the pit lane. So that brings you up to speed. And now on lap 312, here comes virtually every one of the lead cars down pit road for service. Let's go first to Dick Brooks. Well, I think Alan Kowicki was the first car to get in here to me, and he's uh, that's Bill Elliott followed him right in. They're going to change uh, four tires on both cars, fill them up with fuel. I think it'll be the kind of the thing of the day. I uh, believe they're going to try to do whatever adjustments they can to Kyle Petty's car. They're going to take a look at it under the hood, see if they can find out if it's a plug wire off or, or whatever it is. This is what they've been waiting for, and uh, so they've got it up and working on it. About everybody else, I think uh, well, Michael Walter had a little problem getting out with Bill Elliott, but they got it done. Rusty Wallace is in, changing four tires on his car also, down to Jim Phillips. Dale Earnhardt came in along with Mark Martin, Terry Lamonte, Morgan Shepard, and Ricky Ruff, between the two-point leaders. Mark Martin beat Dale Earnhardt out of the pits this time. Let's go to the back pits and Winston Kelly. Sterling Marlin's first car down the back straightaway pits. He gets four tires in gasoline. He's off and away. Bobby Hillen getting four tires in gasoline along with Darrell Waltrip, Larry Pearson, 
Tommy Kendall now takes his Chevrolet back onto the racetrack. No damage to the car, just flat spotting the tires, and he returns to the action. Jack Pennington getting four tires and gasoline, along with Rick Jeffries and Jimmy Means. All the cars here on the back straightaway pitting for four tires and gasoline, with the exception of Jimmy Bound and the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac, and he'll come in this time around. Tell you who's been doing good pit work today is the Travis Carter team. Now, they might have just changed two tires that time. It really, really didn't look that close. But uh, nevertheless, even just changing two tires, they beat everybody back on off pit road and onto the racetrack. Here's Kyle Petty coming back in. Let's follow that stop. Well, he come in, they shut it off. They're going to uh, go into the hood. They're changing a couple of plug wires. I, <laughs> there was an awful lot of discussion here. Nobody had answered my question, but uh, I think they find that I think they feel that there's a couple of plug wires loose on the thing, or one maybe bad. And they're going to change it because it sounds like just one cylinder is completely dead. So they're going to work in that area, and we'll see after they get done if they get it fixed or not. Kowicki, Bill Elliott, Harry Gant, Ken Schrader, Sterling Marlin, and Jeff Bodine. Those six cars on the lead lap. Elmo Langley has already taken the Pontiac Grand Prix Turbo down the pit lane as we get set for the restart on lap number 315 of 492. Here they come out of turn number four, waiting for Doyle Ford to put that green flag in the air. He does, and Kowicki comes up through that gearbox in a hurry. He'll pull away from Bill Elliott by at least a couple of car lengths before they hit turn number one. Rick Mastick's there at the bottom of the racetrack trying to get his lap back and he pulls even now with Kowicki off turn. Rick Mast gets the nose out in front. Kowicki though right alongside. Tucked right behind Rick Mast. Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt. Martin will force his way up between Kowicki and Bill Elliott. They'll try and go underneath. Now Mast loose in turn four. The car almost spins. He gets it under control. And what a piece of driving by Alan Kowicki also to avoid to the outside in a hurry and not have his car go around, but it's allowed both Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt to get back on the lead lap when Kowicki went wide. Earnhardt and Martin went down low. Earnhardt now going after Mark Martin. He gets into the rear end of him. Now pulls alongside on the back straightaway. Now the back straightaway. Earnhardt will go by on the inside. Kowicki will go by Martin and put him back a lap down. Elliott will go by as well as they race off of turn four. Elliott tried to get the lead. He had quick thoughts about getting under Alan Kowicki coming out of that corner. There just wasn't room to do it. Meanwhile, Kowicki would like to put Earnhardt a lap down again, but it got a feeling it's going to be awfully hard to do this time. They're back in two. A real tough job as Earnhardt is pulled away by a couple of car lengths now over Kowicki. Earnhardt has bet back on the tail end of the lead lap, but Martin is losing more positions. Elliott has gotten by. Ernie Irvin has gone by. Mark Martin, some damage to the back end of Martin's car where he made contact with Earnhardt. Kyle Petty, after his stay on the pit lane, is back on the racetrack. He is four laps down. Four laps down for Kyle as the lead machines work back into turn one. Dick Brooks? Yeah, Eli, they uh, changed ignition on the car. Uh, said there wasn't, it wasn't a plug wires, and they thought it was an ignition problem, so they changed it. But when they started it up, it wasn't running good either. So once somebody walked by and says, well, it's sick. And that was the end of that. So, but it is. It's not running well. Frustrating day when a car goes away like that and you have no idea. You, you troubleshoot and try to find what the problem is and get him back in there. Particularly having been as dominant as Kyle was in the early going. It's got to be twice as frustrating. Back at the front of the pack. Back on the lead lap, Dale Earnhardt is still out front by a couple of car lengths over Alan Kowicki. Now, that all that did was put Earnhardt back on the lead lap. Kowicki is the leader. Bill Elliott's right there. He's been knocking on the door to take that lead away a couple of times around this racetrack as they come out of turn number four. 
Earnhardt again has seven or eight car lengths over Kowicki. And as I said, I got a feeling it's going to take a while before Kowicki can put Earnhardt a lap down because all of a sudden, Dale is really slinging that car around this racetrack. They're back to two. The move we may be seeing here in a few moments is Ernie Irvin trying to get his lap back. He's battling now with Bill Elliott trying to catch back up to the front of the field. Irvin appears to have one of the fastest cars on the racetrack, but as he comes into turn number three, the right front of the car banging off the pavement of the racetrack. So he'll settle in. Ernie Irvin will behind Bill Elliott for the moment. Again, those cars, in Ernie Irvin's case, trying to get back on the lead lap. But the lead is still Alan Kulwicki. Running behind him is Bill Elliott in second spot, making a move around race traffic. And third is Ken Schrader. Alan Kulwicki is the race leader. Just about six car lanes behind him is Bill Elliott. Separating the two, though, is the lapped car of Ernie Irvin. Behind Elliott is Mark Martin. He is a lap down. Then comes the Ken Schrader machine. So we've got a car, a lap down, then a car in the lead lap, alternating back and forth through the first six or seven cars in line. 325 are complete. Still, Kyle Petty is leading the True Value Hard Charger balloting here today as all of the domination that he showed early in the race has earned him enough points to stay on the lead in the True Value situation. But at this point, some four laps down after the most recent stay on pit lane. So by the next time we update the Hard Charger contest, I dare say Kyle's name will have dropped from the top spot. But he's had quite a run in the early going this afternoon. But right now, all he can do is just try to nurse it home to some kind of a, a decent finish here before the day is over. Leading the race, Alan Kowicki. He's one of the drivers that has yet to get into victory lane in 1990. In fact, there's quite a few of big-name drivers yet to win a race. Kenny Schrader hasn't won. Neither has Alan Kowicki, Dale Jarrett, Terry Labonte. Dick Trickle runs well enough to win a race. Mike Waltrip been knocking on the door all year long. Morgan Shepard, Darrell Waltrip, and Sterling Marlin, some of the drivers that have not won a race in 1990. And Kowicki's in a good chance to change his status in that department. It's been 55 races since Allen has won on the Winston Cup Tour. It was the Phoenix stop back in 1988 that proved to be the only Winston Cup win for Alan Kowicki to this point. Updating you on the uh, leaderboard situation, seven cars are currently on the lead lap, but that might change because Dale Earnhardt, who is in seven, is on the tail end of the lead lap and Alan Kulwicki would like nothing better than to dispense with that black and white GM good red Chevrolet if he can back in turn one. Kulwicki's a busy camper right now trying to get around Earnhardt and trying to keep Ernie Irvin behind him. He now pulls alongside Earnhardt. Irvin tries to make a move down low. Irvin looks behind Kulwicki. Now he's going to try and go behind Earnhardt as Earnhardt and Kulwicki are about dead even in terms of ability to get around this racetrack. Irvin looks to make it three wide off of four. Ernie Irvin may well have the best handling and the fastest car on the racetrack at this juncture of the Del- AC Delco 500 because he's been right up there. Here he goes again, takes a look down at turn one. Kulwicki goes up alongside Earnhardt. Earnhardt pins it right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Irvin right in behind Kulwicki. Earnhardt gets the Chevrolet wound up off the corner, though. He pulls out from Kulwicki now by a full car length. Meanwhile, Ernie Irvin is all over Kulwicki's back bumper. He's going to look to the high side of Kulwicki in four. Dale really getting the good jump off the corner now as Kowicki's car rides up just a bit off number four. It opens the inside for Elliott, who takes the lead, and opens the outside for Ernie Irvin, who's going to try and get back on the lead lap. Elliott leads. Ernie Irvin gets a nose out in front of Bill Elliott. They're side by side, though, again, off turn two. Irvin winds up the Chevrolet on the outside. He will get back on the tail end of the lap. Elliott will hold the lead over Kowicki now, both running right behind Earnhardt and Irvin. I think Kowicki used some good judgment coming out of turn four two laps ago when they got three wide coming down that front straightaway, and it appeared that nobody was going to lift before they hit turn number one. If they had went in there three wide, somebody would have ended up in the wall, and Kowicki 
says, hey, we got a lot of racing left. I'm not going to wrinkle my car up at this stage. That battle continues off turn two and heading for three. Ernie Irvin wants to get around Dale Earnhardt. He's on the outside groove. Earnhardt's going to try and protect the bottom. They go into three side by side. Here's Irvin going to try and get him on the outside of four. What those men would both like to do is pull away from Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki as much as they can. Irvin and Earnhardt continuing to battle side by side for seventh and eighth position. So they are battling for position, although they are a lap down to the leaders or now on the tail end of the lead lap, working off turn two, heading down the back. Stretch. Ernie Irvin will get around. Dale Earnhardt, he'll pull up into the seventh position, kicking Earnhardt back to eighth. Meanwhile, Kowicki wants a piece of the lead from Elliott. Try to look to the outside, and four, he falls back in line. He tucked right in there as they come out of the corner, and Kowicki may be content for the moment just to ride right where he is. They look the situation over, going back into turn number two and one over there, and a lot of traffic directly ahead as Elliott drifts a little high. He'll go to the outside of Dale Earnhardt, try to pull up alongside. As he does, he opens the inside lane. Kowicki is there. Elliott will protect the group from Kowicki, but now as they enter turn number three, he's going to try and pin Earnhardt behind the Jimmy Means car. Elliott trying to lap Earnhardt off four. Elliott goes to the high side with Earnhardt, as they say, tucked in behind Jimmy Means, but now as Means gives the lead cars racing room, they'll cut down the middle of the groove here on the main straightaway, and Bill Elliott will try to draw to the outside of Earnhardt in an ongoing battle to put Earnhardt a lap down, which now he'll do on the back straightaway. So Bill Elliott leads as he puts Earnhardt a lap down, Alan Kowicki running in the second spot. Sterling Marlin now shoots up into a tight battle for third ahead of Ken Schrader in fourth and Harry Gantz in fifth on lap 335. 337 laps are complete here in the AC Delco 500. Been a real scramble here the last 40 or 50 laps. Bill Elliott currently holds on to the lead. Alan Kowicki's within striking distance just a couple of car lengths back. And Ernie Irvin, who had got himself up there in contention just a moment ago to win this race, now has a problem and heads for pit road. He got back on the lead lap, but this is an unscheduled stop. Let's follow it. Well, he's got a vibration again, uh, similar to what he had a while ago. We'll have to see what happens. They're going to change all four tires on the car again. Seems like he can't get going for getting stopped. They've got the right side done. Uh, must have touched something over there because they're pulling on the fender just a little bit. I can't see the right side, but... Uh, uh, well, they started going to the stop. What they did is they loosened the left front, tightened it back up, and then let him go again. So they just changed right side. Ernie Irvin made that stop, that unscheduled stop a moment ago. He had gotten himself back on the lead lap, but after an extended stay on pit road, they're now posting that car two laps down for the Kodak machine of Ernie Irvin. So it has been a frustrating day for that team. Tell you who's done a great job all day long, though, is Sterling Marlin's Sunoco car. They've been doing good pit work, getting them in and out, and Sterling has really driven that car. He slings it around here, keeps it up there, and he currently is being posted in the number two position. Let's check in his pits right now with Winston Kelly. When they pulled up and took the second position, that was an interesting contrast in personality. Steve Lloyd, the crew chief, is standing here with us. He hasn't even cracked a smile. Golf had an outstanding run all day long, Steve. Yeah, yeah. He started 29th. Headed over here and told ourselves we could stay in the lead lap, we'll be all right. That's what he's doing right now. He hadn't said much, said the car feels fine, so we just ride it out and see what happens at the end. you got to be hoping that the, the race will stay green the rest of the way, pitting back here. The caution flags hurt you. Yeah, we don't want any caution. That would, that would hurt us. If there's only seven cars in the lead lap, we don't want a caution. That's Steve Lloyd, the crew chief. I mentioned that he had not cracked a smile. Billy Hagan, the car owner, was jumping up and down and waving Sterling also. An interesting contrast in personalities. And Sterling Marlin, who started back in the 29th position, currently runs second. 
Well, he's had a good run here today, and he is so due to win a race. He came awful close last year. In fact, for the last two years, he's been knocking on the door to get that car into victory lane, just has not been able to do it. Let's go a little further back in the running order. Back about eighth position right now should be Mark Martin. Behind him in ninth, that looks to be Brett Bodine. Morgan Shepard's had a frustrating day. He is back there in 11th spot in 12th position. Terry Labonte, 13th is Bobby Hill. He's had a good run here today. And 14th is Ricky Rudd. They've kind of run hot and cold also. And in 15th position, that is Rick Wilson. 16th, Darrell Waltrip. Two laps down right now. They're posting Rusty Wallace. 17th, 18th is Dale Jarrett. 19th is Michael Walker. And Rick Mast rounds out the top 20. 21st was Jimmy Hensley, but after a stop of 14 laps for a brake problem that will drop him from that position, Larry Pearson being shown in 21st at this juncture then, Richard Petty 22nd, Kyle Petty 23rd, Tommy Kendall 24th, Jack Pennington is 25th, and Ernie Irvin again back on the racetrack, one of the quicker cars out there as he's trying to get one of his laps back. He has two laps in arrears, and he'll draw even with the race leader, Bill Elliott, here at the start-finish line, trying to get one of his two laps back. Door-to-door. They go off into the corner. Neither one lifts this time around. Something's got to give in the middle of the turn. Irvin's got the inside line. He'll hold that spot coming off the corner. Gets a nose now out in front of Bill Elliott. But Elliott's going to try and fight back on the outside as they come down the back straightaway. He again draws alongside Irvin as they enter turn number three. And they'll go wheel to wheel midway through the corner. Irvin gets the better jump, though. Ernie Irvin's car really sticking at the bottom of that racetrack. He came through three and four, had it pinned right down almost to the white line at the apron of the racetrack. And he now pulls ahead of Bill Elliott by a car to get one of those laps back. They're back in two. That side-by-side battling between Irvin and Elliott has allowed Sterling Marlin now to chase down Bill Elliott. He's right up on his bumper. Marlin draws the Sunoco Olds down to the inside of Elliott's Coors Board. Thought to take a look at the lead at the end of the back straightaway. He'll run single file, though, this time through the corner. So Sterling draws near. He'll go single file off the corner this time, just following Elliott around the racetrack. Jimmy Hensley has taken the Crown Petroleum car to the garage. Jim Phillips is there. Jimmy, you're behind the wall. What happened? Uh, we'll keep breaking rotor buttons, uh, Jim. Uh, you know, been fight car ain't really been handling that good. They were just been hanging on, but uh, it's a shame, you know. Uh, they're gonna try to refigure. We put one rotor button on it. Uh, it's done it again. So I don't know what's wrong with it. That's Jimmy Hensley. They're working on it. They're going to try to get him back in the race to try to finish the AC Delco 500. Here comes the battle for the lead. Door to door. Sterling Marlin goes after it in turn one. Marlin down to the inside of the racetrack again. Elliott climbs the banking coming off turn number two. Still, they're dead even with Alan Kowicki sitting behind Marlin. Kowicki will draw right in and make this a three-way tussle for the top spot. Elliott half a car length of advantage at the end of the back straightaway, but in that higher groove, he'll slip up the banking a little. Marlin's going to stick it right down low. If Sterling takes the lead, it would be for just the seven time this year that he has led a lap at the stripe. That was Sterling Marlin maybe by inches. We'll have to wait and see what NASCAR says, but it's that close between Elliott Marlin and Kowicki for the lead. Elliott just barely ahead of Marlin this time off turn number two. Still Alan Kowicki trying to decide which lane to take here as they hit the back straightaway. And again a drag race to the end of the strip. They're running up on some lap traffic now, so they're going to sort out single file. Marlin's going to fall back in behind Elliott. Kind of had a sneaking suspicion all afternoon long that Bill Elliott had a lot more race car than he was showing in the first 200 miles in this race, but he's got his hands full now. Sterling Marlin is there again. Elliott's car is handling so well, he's running a full lane higher and still being able to hold Sterling Marlin off. They head for three. Marlin will be down to the inside groove. Elliott will be to the outside. Elliott seems to have a bit more horsepower at the end of the straightaway, but Marlin seems to get through the corners a little bit better. Again, a dead heat off of four. 
Coming back this time towards the stripe. They'll run up a car upon some slower cars. Jimmy Bound, Jimmy Means, Chad Little all there. So Elliott will go high. Marlin stays low, and Kowicki takes the middle. Those lap cars going side by side as well. So they sorted out single file this time off the corner with Elliott still leading Marlin. Elliott will get the top spot as Marlin falls back single file. Now they go to the outside of the Jimmy Means car. Now into turn number three to the outside of the Jim Bound car, and they come upon Chad Little's automobile. Sterling Marlin said yesterday there's only one way that he's ever known how to run a race car, and that's just as hard as he can. I don't just say it. I mean, when I first drove a car, uh, you know, my daddy told me he's driving like a qualifying at every lap, and uh, just, you know, run every lap hard as you can run it, and that's why I try to run one, and, you know, sometimes it, it might not be driving good, and you have to just ease off a little bit to keep wrecking it and uh, get the pits get it fixed, and I uh, hope you can, and, and come on back up, but, uh, you know, that's what I like to do, just, you know, when they drop a flag, it's hard as you'll go, and uh, if it lasts, it lasts, and if it don't, it don't. That's the way he's driving it right now. 357 laps are on the scoreboard. Bill Elliott leads. Second is Sterling Marlin. Third is Alan Kowicki. I think when Elliott kind of paced himself there for the first 250 miles or so, found himself at the front of the pack and has been challenged a couple of times, and it's very apparent that he's had a lot more race car to work with than he showed in the early going here this afternoon. But just about anything can and usually does happen in Winston Cup racing, as you hear us say week after week. Strange things can happen with two laps to go, 40 laps to go, or whatever. And the endurance-type racing here at Rockingham taking over four hours. You heard Dick Brooks, Dick Brooks talking with some of the people down there also about just how tough this place is on engines, transmissions, and everything else. We can see some more stuff break. But so far, the attrition rate has not been nearly as high as we normally see at this racetrack. Uh, Jimmy Hensley's car went behind the wall a little bit earlier, and Derek Cope was out. Hut Strickland, Dick Trickle, Mike Skinner has been out and in today. Ted Musgrave, Jeff Purvis, Tracy Leslie, and Charlie Baker. And you pointed out earlier today that, for the most part, most of those cars did have an engine problem. Right. Jimmy Hensley, as soon as you were giving that rundown, returns from the garage area. So he is back out on the racetrack. He is some 35 or 40 laps down. We'll get the official word from NASCAR. But uh, Jimmy is back out there on the racetrack yet again. He is being shown 34 laps down officially. There is still time for those of you who'd like to enter the Goodies Race for the Money contest here in 1990. You know the grand prize, I'm sure, by now. A trip to the 1991 Daytona 500 and tickets to all the Speed Week attractions. We've got tickets to the 91 Daytona 500 and the Goodies 300, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, accommodations for two people for four Four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach and $1,500 in spending money. And there is still time to enter. If you'd like, just send the front panel from any size package of Goodies Headache Powders or Goodies Extra Strength Tablets or just write the words Goodies Headache Powders and plain block letters on a 3x5 card. Make sure you include your name, address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. The address is Goodies Race for the Money, Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. And we'll seeing you down at speed. I wonder what happens if somebody doesn't send it in with plain block letters. What if they write it out longhand? I imagine they would still do it or take would, it as an I entry. I'm sure they would. they would. Knowing Tom Chambers and the guys at Goodies, I think they would. They're still showing six cars on the lead lap at lap 360. We had a pretty good rundown. We're now at lap 371, so that was 11 laps ago, but not a whole lot has changed in the top five with Bill Elliott setting the pace. Alan Kowicki now moving up to second. Sterling Marlin dropping back to third. Fourth, Kenny Schrader. I'll tell you, Kenny Schrader's had a good run here today also. That team is another one that's turned around in recent weeks, and uh, we're talking about that. Harry Gant has had a consistent, strong car all day long. He is currently fifth. 
And sixth is Jeff Bodine, and those are the only cars on the lead lap. Out of turn number four and back into the front straightaway, Alan Kowicki is a leader. He's ahead of Bill Elliott by some three or four car lengths. Sterling Marlin now slides back to the third place. Fourth is Harry Gant. And fifth, continuing to run pretty strong out there, is Kenny Schrader. And Schrader said the other day, this has been a good track for him here at Rockingham, despite the fact that he'd wrecked a lot of times. It's, this is one of my uh, best tracks. I enjoy running here. Uh, we run fourth or third here, or just third in the spring. And we started last. We had to use a backup car. And, uh, in fact, we killed two cars here. We killed one the week, week before the race testing. And uh, we hurt one uh, Friday after we'd already qualified. But uh, I really like this place, and I always look forward to coming here. Well, you can wrinkle up some cars at this racetrack. Over the years, we've seen a lot of cars get really banged up. But turns one and two are usually the trouble spots. But today it hasn't been that bad because if, if you go off in that corner too wide, it's almost certain that somebody's going to end up in a wall, or it used to be when the track was kind of slippery over there. And, Dick, you've had some great runs at this track. you come awful close to winning here a time or two over the years. The drivers talk about the track just falling out from under you, going out of turn number two, and that's you see more accidents right there coming out into that straightaway, and you'd think that would be the easy part of this racetrack, but it isn't. Funny, if you could just drive a turn over there, you're coming down the front straightaway, and, uh, well, come off the fourth turn, then you, gotta, you don't have a tight turn. It's a long, sweeping turn, but it's a, uh, it's a circle down the front straightaway. As you go down that, you go into the first turn, as we said earlier, you're already turning when you go down in there, so it's fine. When you come down the back straightaway, it just seems like, I don't know how to describe it to somebody, but you have to just hold the car down a lot longer than you would want to. It looks like in your mind, or your mind says, well, you're around the corner, you can let the car start to drift. But when you do, you get up and you run out of bank, and, uh, and the car will get loose on you over there. I, I keep hearing them in the corners talking about the car getting loose, coming down the back straightaway, coming off the second turn. That's what happens. They're just a little bit too high, too quick. Guys that hold it down good and tight are really, really humping down the back straightaway. They don't slip or scrub off any speed. So that's a treacherous place over there. I've seen cars right in front of me. Uh, fortunately, I've never done it, but I've seen cars right in front of me that would be going along straight, and just all of a sudden they just drive into the wall. That happens an awful lot. I guess that's probably the only place over there I've never hit, but uh, I never hit that one. We shouldn't make fun, though, because Dick Brooks has finished his highest third a couple of times in Winston Cup races here. Had a fourth and about three or four top five finishes in addition to that. So uh, Dick Brooks can get around this racetrack. And I was looking, too, on the Unical pit crew race some years ago. Dick Brooks and Judy Donlevy won that uh, event also. I didn't realize that yesterday until we were kind of looking back through the record book on that one. Uh, for folks who keep up with the Unical 76 competition, the pit crew competition, which is the only officially sanctioned competition by NASCAR to determine which is the fastest pit crew in the business, Bill Elliott's team won it yesterday with crew chief Mike Beam. They dumped in 14 gallons of gas, seven out of two separate cans, and changed all four tires. They did it in 24.002 seconds. That wasn't a record. The world record was, I think, 23.808 seconds. That had been held by the Darrell Walter team when Jeff Hammond uh, about a year ago in 1989, I won it. Second place was the Budweiser Ford of Tim Brewer, and third was the Haviland Ford of Davey Allison in that pit crew competition. Let's go to pit road. Well, Barney, I didn't know the paper went that far back, but we did win it one time with Don Levy. I'll tell you how old it is. You get a ring. Union Oil gives you a ring uh, when you win it, and then if you win again, it's got a place in it, and you put a diamond in it, and the next time you win, you put another diamond in it. So you get one ring, and then you, then you can keep adding diamonds to it. My ring's been on so long that uh, it's grown up around it. It's hard to see it now. My finger's grown over the ring, so uh, 
uh, I'm not for sure if that was AIDS, the ring shrinking, or something else has happened, but it was a long time ago. And a case of Dunlap's disease, where his and, finger uh, Dunlap's over his ring. And so did it. Well, whatever. <laughs> Won't say it. One of the great battles on the racetrack right now is Ernie Irvin trying to stay on the uh, lap down. He is he was just two laps down. He is now on the tail end of being one lap down to the race leader, Alan Kowicki. And those two cars have been battling hammer and tong here the last short while. And right now, Joe Moore, they settle down. But uh, Kowicki and Ernie had themselves quite a battle going. They're still pretty tight, though. A couple of car lengths separate the two. Irvin taking a little bit more unusual line through the corner. He comes into turn one, just kind of slides up the banking as if he was on a dirt track. Whereas Alan Kowicki's taking a lower, more conservative line down on the inside of the track. But at least for now, still Irvin stays out in front of Kowicki. 396 laps are on the board. We have now gone some 80 miles under green flag conditions since last we had a pit stop for all the race leaders. Winston Kelly, if you use normal calculations here, we should be within shouting distance of the next uh, green flag stop. Eli, they should stop after about 90 laps or so. There were 180 laps left in the race during that last caution flag, so they should stop exactly about halfway between the last caution flag on lap 312, the end of the race on lap 492, so probably about 5 to 10 laps away from next round of pit stops. Alan Kowicki is the leader. He just crossed the start-finish line. Bill Elliott pulled up there, really closed the gap on him in the last 5 or 10 laps, but it appears right now that Elliott has no intention of trying to take the lead away. He just wants to stay within striking distance, and I guess a lot of times when you run that close on a driver that you're going to have to maybe battle with for the win at the end, you want to take a real close look in the corner to see if he has any handling problems, where the car has a weak point or whatever. So for the moment, Elliott says, I'll just stay right where I'm at. A couple of forwards here leading the AC Delco 500. Alan Kowicki looking for his first win in 1990, swings over to turn two. He's got a position now working to the outside of the Mark Martin lap machine. Elliott makes the same move to the outside to go by Martin. So the Winston Cup point leader goes two laps down now as Kowicki and Elliott bypass Martin at the end of the back straightaway, working another pack of about 12 cars right in front of the leaders. Dale Earnhardt is running in ninth place. Mark Martin running in 14th position at this juncture on lap number 400. A few moments ago, Alan Kowicki turned a lap of 141.550 miles an hour. That's still not quick enough to uh, grab the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award away from Kenny Schrader, who turned a lap of 143.9 earlier this afternoon. So Schrader leads the Holly Farms Award as here we begin green flag pit stops. Harry Gant is in. Let's cover his stop. Well, they're going to just change right side tires on it. Now they're going around. They're going to do the left side also. They've got the right side changed. Now they got the left side off and back on. They've got it full of fuel. And uh, just ready to drop it down. And they drop it down the way it goes. Four new tires and uh, build up the fuel. If all these stops come under green, I don't think there's much doubt that everybody will take on four brand new tires here for that final stretch of running where they could maybe go the distance gas-wise. I don't think they'd have any problem. Here come some more cars. Dale Jarrett is making his stop. Alan Kowicki is on pit road right now. Mark Martin comes in along with Terry Labonte. Jim Phillips. Mark Martin brings his Ford in. They jack it up on the right side. They're going to change all four tires on this automobile. He's they're making another chassis adjustment. They take three rounds of wedge out, so it's still running tight. That means the car wants to go toward the wall in the middle of the corner. They've had this problem all day long. Could be that they picked the wrong sway bar for this particular track today. He is down and away with his four tires and gasoline, along with Kerry Lamont. Meanwhile, on the back pitch, Winston Kelly is there. 
Jimmy Means, the only car having stopped at this point. He got four tires and gasoline. The Alka-Seltzer Pontiac, they're waiting on Sterling Marlin to come in. The crew has the pit board out. Also the pit board out for Larry Pearson and Richard Petty. Here comes Larry Pearson in. He's going to get four tires and gasoline on that Chevrolet. And again, we're still waiting on the car of Sterling Marlin, who's running in third position to come in for service. Bill Elliott brings his car onto pit road along with some of the other top contenders. Dale Earnhardt is in. Ricky Rudd is in. Morgan Shepard is in. Dick Brooks. Kowicki just stopped and changed uh, four tires on his car. Got him going. Uh, Rusty Wallace was pitting and uh, one of uh, Alan Kowicki's crew members was out picking up lug nuts and Rusty had to stop to keep from hitting him. In fact, he did bump him and when he did, he killed the engine on the thing. So now he's in his pit stop getting ready to go. Bill Elliott is down and away with his car. They've uh, filled it up with fuel and changed tires on it. Meanwhile, Brett Bodine had problems on his stop as he overshot the pit and I believe only got fuel in the car, Jim Phillips. He sure did, Eli. It's going to cost him, too. You know, first of the race, when Darrell Walter tried to go without new tires, what happened to him? He lost uh, 10 or 12 spots in about 10 or 12 laps. That could happen to him. Ricky Rudd has been in for service. Four tires of gasoline on his car. Also, Michael Waltrip has been in, and Morgan Shepard has service. They've serviced his machine also. Kenny Schrader had been posted as a leader. Now he brings his car on the pit road down in front of Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to change uh, left side tires on his car. Get him back on the racetrack. They've just about they dropped him down now as he drives away. They fill him up with fuel. Brett Bodine is back in. Jim Phillips. Well, they're going to go in first on the right side and change the right side tires. And they're loosening the left side lug nuts. So it's going to be a four-tire stop for Brett Bodine. And the great mistake during as Rick Wilson comes in. So these are routine pit stops. They're coming under green flag conditions. And assuming this race would stay green, very likely everybody out there would be able to go the distance without making another stop if they don't have any problems. Jeff Bodine will be the last of the cars on the lead lap to make his stop as the Budweiser Ford pulls into the Junior Johnson pits. Let's cover that stop. Well, they're doing the same thing on it. They're going to change four tires on it, fill him up and get him going. They've been struggling with that car all day. They're not doing any chassis work on it unless they've changed the stagger of the tires a little bit. Right side's done. They've gone to the left side and got it up. So Bill Elliott has now reassumed the lead here in the running of the AC Delco 500. Elliott is between turns three and four. Alan Kowicki is running in second. Harry Gant third. We'll get the interval for you. Here comes Elliott to the stripe behind Ernie Irvin. As we start the stopwatch, Kowicki is back 1.57 seconds behind. So it's one and a half seconds from first place back to second as Bill Elliott now makes a move around Ernie Irvin's car to put the Kodak Film Chevrolet a lap down. And just before those pit stops came out to keep you abreast of how the Winston Cup battle is going for the Winston Cup championship between Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin. The positions there have been anywhere from one to about seven or eight at a given time just before those pit stops come up. They had posted Dale Earnhardt back in ninth position and Mark Martin running about 14th. So if they finish anywhere near that way, Earnhardt, he almost has to pick up some points here unless Mark Martin should have a mechanical problem uh, at Phoenix in a couple of weeks or certainly at Atlanta. But he needs to gain some points today. And Dale was, I guess you talked to him just like I did. He said, if we leave here, we need to pick up at least 15, 20 points at least to have a good shot to win the Winston Cup championship. 416 laps are on the board here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. Bill Elliott continues to lead the AC Delco 500. He has two and three-tenths seconds on second-place runner Alan Kulwicki. Sterling Marlin with a strong run all day. He's in third with Harry Gant fourth, Ken Schrader fifth, and 
sixth belonging to Jeff Bodine. Those six cars are on the lead lap. The True Value Hard Charger Award, Alan Kowicki, who is second in the race, has taken over the lead in the True Value Hard Charger Award from Kyle Petty. If you're just joining us, Kyle was dominant all afternoon long, but then a problem under the hood of the car has relegated him uh, well back in the running order. He had lost some 10 or so laps during repairs to the peak Pontiac. But with 418 laps now complete, we are closing in on what should be a pretty good finish here as Alan Kowicki is just biding his time, waiting to take that last shot at Bill Elliott. And the attrition list has just grown by one more car. Rusty Wallace is headed to the garage area. Rusty, a lot of smoke. What happened? I dropped a valve in the engine. The engine blew up. Hey, it was running real well today. Got the oiling problem fixed. We just got to work on the valves now. That's Rusty Wallace. He will not finish the AC Delco 500. Well, they, uh, what a contrast from last season when they came here going for the Winston Cup Championship. And this year, just about everything that can happen to them seems to have happened. Of course, Rusty will be moving on to something different in the year 1991. And the different team members will be going in their own separate ways. Barry Dodson going with a brand-new team that's just been formed in recent weeks. But what a difference a year makes. As we said when we first signed on the air, at this race one year ago, Rusty led Dale Earnhardt by 37 points. And now, obviously, he is not anywhere near the uh, battle for the lead. He and Kyle Petty were battling for fifth and sixth in Winston Cup points. And both men have had their problems here today. From the North Carolina Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We're back at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. Bill Elliott continues to set the pace. Nobody's been able to match Alan Kowicki. He's been within about... A little better, just a little less than a second behind him. He's chopped that down now to about seven or eight car lanes. Closes in a little more over in turn three. Moving down now to the low groove on the racetrack as they bypass the Tommy Kendall car. We'll make it about two car lanes. As they work back to the stripe, here come the cars with Bill Elliott again. About a car length ahead of Alan Kulwicki. 431 going up on the board of 492. But again, as they work traffic, there's no challenge for the lead. Elliott had to work some traffic. That allowed Kulwicki to close in. But now both cars are clear of that traffic. And Kulwicki is just inches off the rear deck of Elliott. The next car they'll encounter, the Darrell Waltrip car. Some 20, 25 car lengths ahead now as Earnhardt makes contact with a lap car in turn three. Almost shot up the racetrack, but got the car back under control. And Alan Kowicki just tapped the wall coming off turn number four, just scrubbed it because we saw a little smoke come off from that car, and that might be a problem for him. He's heading for turn two. So far, the car seems to be handling well. He's still there at the bottom of the racetrack along with Elliott, not letting Elliott get away. Locked right on Elliott's back bumper now, not even half a car length between Elliott and Kowicki. The entrance of turn number three, both hugging the bottom of the racetrack as they climb up off the corner couple of Ford Thunderbirds battling for the win here at Rockingham with still plenty of racing to go to the stripe. Well, there's a little rub there on the uh, side of Kowicki's car. Both Barney and I just peering down on it, but it doesn't seem to be hurting him at all, Joe. Elliott puts the nose of the car to the high side of the racetrack while Kowicki goes down low. They make contact here on the back stretch. Kowicki goes to the bottom of Elliott trying to get a piece of the lead. Contact is made. They both get back in line. Elliott will hold the lead. Kowicki will fall into second. Kowicki came out of that throttle in a hurry when Elliott came over and used up a little racetrack, and they made contact there. Now Allen falls back two, three car lengths behind. They're back in one. Last time. Allen tried to get down to the inside of the racetrack and grab some space underneath Elliott because there was not enough space down there. This time he cools his heels a little bit, drops back by about a car length behind the race leader. Trying to draw back up on Elliott's back bumper. They come to the entrance of turn number three, both looking good at the bottom of the racetrack right now. We'll make it a car length and a half off the corner. As they come back off turn number four, this is going to be potentially the fifth straight win for a Ford Thunderbird in Winston Cup racing. But again, there's a lot of racing to go. We're on lap 435 of 400 
192. How do you explain a turnaround like that? For years, statistically, if nothing else, there were just so many more GM products than there were Ford Thunderbirds, and I guess that probably contributes now. We're seeing more competitive Ford racing teams, but to be looking at a potential fifth straight Ford win is most unusual in the series. Oh, and you got as many Ford teams now as you have. The technology kind of spills from one team to another. Back uh, several years ago, maybe there were really only three teams, top four teams, that really had a shot to win. Now, all of a sudden, there's at least four or five. And as we said, when one team learns something, it usually spills over to the other. Alan Kulwicki is going to take a look on the outside for the lead in turn three. Draws alongside Elliott's Ford. Now they're door-to-door as they go into three and four. Kulwicki trying to get a run up off the corner. But Elliott stays down low. He'll try to use the low side to his advantage. The Fords, though, habitually work better as they stay wound up at the stripe. Kowicki led that lap by inches, and they battle back into turn number one for the lead. Kowicki still is out in front, but he goes up the banking quite a bit higher than does Elliott. This time, he clears him out, and Kowicki takes the lead. Kowicki pulls all the way up to the outside wall, shuts the door on Elliott, and immediately opens up about two car lengths on Elliott now, so we'll put Kowicki to the front as they come through the corner. Alan Kowicki in front, but can he stay there? Has plenty of time yet for Bill Elliott to get back up there and take that lead away, but they've been putting on a pretty good battle for the fans here this afternoon. Every seat in the place sold out earlier here before the race began. Alan Kowicki out of turn number two. Bill Elliott just a foot or so behind him. Let's take you a little further back in the running order. Sterling Marlin still being posted back there in third position. Harry Gant fourth. Kenny Schrader fifth. And the last car shown on the lead lap is Jeff Bonine. In seventh position, that is Ricky Rudd. He is a lap down as that battle continues back to the stripe. Bill Elliott just one car length back. In eighth position is Morgan Shepard. Ninth is Darrell Waltrip. Two laps down in tenth place right now is Dale Earnhardt. And Mark Martin is being shown in 11th. He also is two laps down. So those two running just one spot apart. 12th is Bobby Hillen. 13th, Ernie Irvin. 14th, Terry Labonte. 15th is Brett Bodine. Three laps down in 16th is Dale Jarrett. 17th is Michael Waltrip. 18th position, five laps back, is Rick Wilson. He's there along with the Rick Mast and the Tommy Kendall machine, or correct myself, that'll be Larry Pearson being shown in 20th spot. He is some five laps down to the race leader. Just watching some of the teams on pit road trying to pick up any extra sticker tires that they can. Brand new, non-scuffed tires. Harry Gant's crew just coming back with four fresh tires to the Skull pit area. That too could be a factor as we go down the stretch, although it's not really expected that we would have to see, at least under green flag conditions, another pit stop. They should all be able to go the distance. Yeah, I don't think we'll see anybody, unless they have a caution, I'm pretty sure, unless somebody has a problem, we won't see any more green flag stops this afternoon. Perhaps we can get one of our pit reporters to ease over into Bill Elliott's pit. We haven't talked with their crew members today. Maybe Mike Beam, the crew chief, can give us an idea if uh, Bill Elliott's telling him that he's still got a good shot to win this race or if Alan Kowicki is just that strong or whatever here in the next few laps around this racetrack. Kowicki across the line, puts another lap on the board as he goes back into turns one and two. And again, this is the time of day when that sun kind of gets in your eyes a little bit down there in the corner. We've heard the drivers talk about that over the years as the sun has moved far, far west here at Rockingham this afternoon right now as the afternoon has just about gone by. Heading back to turn number three, Kowicki still the leader. Two car links back rides Bill Elliott. Still an outstanding run for Sterling Marlin and that Sunoco team here today. He rides in third place, although he isn't within a straightaway of catching up to the leaders. They're back in one. Front two cars head back to turn number one. Both cars handling equally as well. As a matter of fact, both of them taking almost identical lines as they work around some of the slower traffic. Just getting around the Rick Jeffries car. Now closing in on Morgan Shepard. Beginning to close on the Motorcraft Ford. Now in turns three and four. Moving up, back off the corner, down to complete another lap. 
445 going up on the board of 492. You just mentioned Sterling Marlin. We've been talking about him all day long as one of those non-Winston Cup winners as far as a points race is concerned who has acquitted himself quite well. You live, you live up in uh, Junior Johnson country, Barney, up there in Wilkes County. What's been the reaction and all? It seems everybody up in your area is a big race fan. They follow Junior's team and all. Uh, what's been the reaction among the locals as to uh, Junior going with the second car and Sterling as the driver? Well, it's been real interesting up there. A lot of folks have said, you know, why does he go to two teams again when uh, they had it one time before it didn't have all that much success but Junior wants to try it apparently one more time. It's a good deal. Sterling uh, is one of the most promising young drivers to come along. He has an awful lot of folks in his shop. He has the space over there to work on two cars. Obviously they have the resources to do it so why not try it one more time and Rick Hendricks has proven that you can have three teams and have winners, so I, I wouldn't bet against Junior winning races with both teams next year. I think they will. And it sounds like it's going to be a far closer union of the uh, teams than it was the last time around when Neil Bonnet's car was in one shop and uh, the other car for Darrell was across the creek, so to speak. From what I understand, it's going to be basically overseen uh, both cars by Tim Brewer and work side by side. Yeah, that's pretty well what we hear. I'm, I kind of hope things uh, work out across the creek instead of up the creek, and I'm sure there it will go. for that team. We have caution on the speedway here at Rockingham for the sixth time on lap 451. The incident's in front of Joe Moore. Rick Bass in the banquet food Chevrolet just lost it by himself. Spun it broadside here in the middle of turns one and two. Jack Pennington did a real good job getting on the brakes to avoid slamming into the side of Mast. Mast just lost control of the car, slid down to the inside of the racetrack. He has now refired the car and drives away. Well, this is going to change the strategy for everybody, and it's going to be a break for some of the drivers who had fallen more than a straightaway behind. Six cars still on the lead lap, and everybody likely, if the leader or the front couple of cars hit pit road, it's for sure that everybody else will too. Pace cars already picked them up. They're working through three and four. And let's see if Alan Kowicki, the leader, decides to bring his car into the pits. If he does, I'm sure the other cars will follow. He does. He peels off the banking up in turn number four, and everybody directly behind all the six cars on the lead lap follow him down pit road. Kowicki is in. Bill Elliott is in. Dale Earnhardt. Mark Martin is in. Ernie Irvin. Dale Jarrett. Let's cover some of those stops. Dick Brooks? Well, Alan Kowicki, as you said, is here. They've got the right side off already, and they're uh, putting on the putting on the tires. They're going to do four tires. Uh, Bill Elliott's in. His windshield's awful, awful messed up. They're trying to get it clean for him. They've got the right side going on, the left side going on it now. Uh, I think everybody down through here that we've been talking about is going to try to get back on the racetrack as soon as they can. It's on, in a way, as Elliott follows it out. Jim Phillips. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin both in again for four tires this time. Ricky Rudd has been in. He's still in. Had a little problem on the left front of his car. He's down now and away. Terry Labonte is in getting four tires. Michael Waltrip is in. Also, Morgan Shepard and Jimmy Hensley. All the same service. Four tires and gasoline. Now the third place runner, Sterling Marlin, is pitting on the back pit area. Winston Kelly. They're now putting left side tires on the Sunoco Oldsmobile. Steve Lloyd told us earlier that they did not want a caution flag. However, they had fallen back behind the leaders by some nine seconds. They came in and changed four tires in 25.4 seconds. Bobby Hillen also getting four tires in gasoline, along with Darrell Walter, Larry Pearson, Richard Petty, and Jack Pennington and Jimmy Means all getting four tires in gasoline. The disadvantage having to pit on the back straightaway at any racetrack, and that is going to cost Sterling Marlin, although, of course, he's one of the cars on the lead lap. He'd currently been running in third place. 
he should be able to move back up with those cars on the lead lap. But nevertheless, he has to give up some track position. And it is a little bit frustrating. He just didn't qualify well enough to get to pit on the front stretch. That's the deal. He'll come back on the racetrack in sixth after going on to pit lane in third. But, you know, there's really there seems to be no better way to do it when you have just 23 or, in this case, 26 pit stalls on the front straightaway. The higher qualifying cars have their pick first, and those that are left have to pit on the back pit area, and that just is uh, the way it seems to work here. Meanwhile, we go back to Jim Phillips, who I understand has just gotten word on the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race. We certainly do, Eli, and Richard Broom of uh, Kenny Schrader's team has uh, been named the Mechanic of the Race, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race, $1,000 to you, Richard. Well, I certainly appreciate that. I can use all the money you can give me, but uh, these, this crew here has done this for me. I don't deserve that. And uh, this could lead up to a $25,000 award at the end of the season. Hey, that'd be good. I need that. That's Richard Groove, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race for the AC Delco 500. And as that little scene unfolds on pit road, we're getting the indication one more lap, and this race will go back to green, hopefully to conclusion. Maybe we can run it caution-free down to a checkered flag. I certainly hope so. And all those pit stops have now been made. Everybody has on fresh rubber and a tank of gasoline ready to get at it. We hope to get a word from the pits in just a moment on the Bill Elliott team. Dick Brooks was there, but he had to leave to go down and cover some of those pit stops uh, to find out what his team thinks about if he can catch Alan Kulwicki. They're forming up for that restart over in turn three. Lights are off on top of the Pontiac Grand Prix safety car. Elmo Langley makes the hard left turn down to the back entrance to the pit area. Alan Kulwicki will lead him down. Elliott second, Gant third, Schrader fourth, Jeff Bodine fifth, Sterling Marlin is sixth. Atop the lead, the lap down cars in the inside row, Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin. If they can get back on the lead lap and maybe pull yet another caution flag here, boy, would that ever change the situation with 36 laps to go here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. Snail's pace right now out of turn four, waiting for the green from Doyle Ford. There it goes. Everybody flares out. Back to racing. Kowicki quickly on the jump, and he is going to try and keep Earnhardt a lap down, but it may not work. Earnhardt pulls even, now pulls ahead. Dale Earnhardt gets back on the tail end of the lead lap. Now Martin Martin will quiet down to the inside. Martin will go down to the inside of Kulwicki as they come down the back straightaway, but Kulwicki is strong. He'll clearly pull in ahead of Martin, who will get in between Kulwicki and Elliott in turn four. Earnhardt's strong on brand-new tires. He's proven that several times this afternoon. As the race goes on, he seems to get a little bit more problems handling in the corners, but for the moment, he's got himself back on the lead lap. Mark Martin wasn't able to do it. Kulwicki takes him back to two. Kulwicki leads the way, but he's about three car lengths behind Earnhardt. Meanwhile, behind him, Elliott is battling there with Mark Martin to keep him a lap down. Elliott will go to the outside of Martin to try and get back up with leader Kulwicki. He'll clear the Martin car. Harry Gannon and Ken Schrader go to the outside of Martin as well. Everybody picking their way through the traffic and around turn number four. Back to the stripe. Kulwicki continues to lead, but already Earnhardt pulling away by some four or five car lanes now from Kulwicki. Dale is on the tail end of the lead lap and wants a caution. Earnhardt now off of turn number two and on his way down the back straightaway. He's opened up a goodly distance on Kulwicki. We'll call it about five car lengths back to Elliott. Another five car lengths back to Gant as Ken Schrader and Ernie Irvin work around Mark Martin. Sterling Marlin with a problem in turn four. Marlin drifts real high and a car swings up in front of him. He has to get on the binders for just a second. Now he seems to be back up to speed. Let's see what he does as he hits turn number one. Whether he's going to be able to maintain the speed. Nope, that car does have a problem. It goes way high again and turns one and two. Several cars get by as Marlin holds the outside lane of the racetrack. Terry Labonte gets by him. Now Brett Bodine closes in. Marlin comes past his pit stall in the back straightaway and they bring the board out over the wall. Perhaps a tire problem for Marlin as everyone else goes by him in turn four. 
Does the field works back to the stripe 450 laps on the board we are now getting confirmation from NASCAR scoring that Dale Earnhardt was two laps down and has gotten one of those laps back so he is still one lap in arrears to the race leader Alan Kowicki let's reset it for you it is Kowicki with Bill Elliott Harry Gant Ken Schrader Jeff Bodine and Sterling Marlin as the cars on the lead lap one lap down they're showing Ricky Rudd, Morgan Shepard, and Daryl Waltrip. They are showing both Darryl, excuse me, Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin two laps down upon this restart. So now Earnhardt is one lap down to the race leader, Alan Kowicki, on lap 451. Kowicki takes it back to turn number three. Bill Elliott just sits there, both of them taking pretty much the same line through turns three and four and one and two. Elliott some four car lengths behind as the laps wind down. They sweep back to turn one. Harry Gant's about five car lengths behind Elliott. He sits in the third spot. Then Kenny Schrader is about five more car lengths behind Gant. He's also separated from Gant by the lap car of Ernie Irvin. Car not having a very good handling car right now driving through this end of the racetrack. Mark Martin, Ricky Rudd goes by him. Jeff Bodine just went by him. Now Morgan Shepard's going to go by. Martin's car going all the way up the racetrack. Field back to the stripe again. 463 going up on the board. And still the top six cars remaining on the lead lap. When Sterling Marlin slowed a short while ago, it did not cost him a position on the racetrack, but certainly did cost him some real estate in relation to the leaders. But Joe Sterling seems to be running well again. Car seems to be hooked up well right there at the bottom of the racetrack. Now that he's finally gotten it back under control, he's holding his spot there in front of Brett Bodine. And it doesn't seem to be a lot of activity or really uh, excitement or apprehension down on pit road over there a moment ago. As, as we're watching Bill Elliott's crew. Let's go to Winston Kelly. The problem on the Sterling Marlin car is that Sterling had a vibration on the car. Thought he had a tire going down. It must have gone away. Steve Lloyd said he might have had a piece of rubber built up on the, the one of the tires on the car, and he's back up to speed. But he is far back in the pack right now and a long ways from catching up and battling for the lead as this one comes down to a conclusion here this afternoon. Across the line, Alan Kowicki puts another lap on the board, goes back into turn number one. Bill Elliott there, just a couple of car lengths back. And uh, Dick Brooks, you've been around that team for the last half hour or so. They don't seem to be all that concerned, do they? Well, Mike Bean's sitting up here watching it, Mike. Yeah, he uh, shot there a few minutes ago. Did you learn anything? Or you got anything worked out? Or what are we going to see? Well, we keep jacking on the car all day. You know, we're putting body in it and taking it out. And when it went one way real extreme and went back went back about halfway up. I don't know, Alan's awful strong, you know, and Bill he hadn't said a word, so you know, we're just gonna let him race. Hopefully the best car will win. Well, they're sitting here just uh they've been in this position an awful lot in the last four or five years. And I guess uh he's right, the best car is gonna win. Well, they've got, still got plenty of laps left to get it done in, and it's going to be interesting to see if Kowicki's car stays as solid as it has all afternoon after putting on new rubber. Now we're seeing him drift a little bit high over in turns one and two. He cuts the car real strong coming out of the corner, so it's still getting a good bite and working well. They're back in three. About three car lengths to lead on Elliott. Both Kowicki and Elliott have bypassed Dale Earnhardt to put him back two laps down. Harry Gant still working traffic about ten car lengths back. When Kowicki went really wide the moment or so ago, he went around Rick Jeffrey's automobile trying to give himself as much room as he can from the ARCA veteran who's now making the jump to Winston Cup Racing with the sponsorship from Kentucky Fried Chicken. We are less than 20 laps away from the conclusion of the AC Delco 500. Two stories that are being unfolded in front of us at the moment. Will Alan Kowicki hold off Bill Elliott? And what about the point separation between Dale Earnhardt and the Winston Cup point leader Mark Martin? 
if the race would end at this very moment, Earnhardt would pick up only four points on Mark Martin. They are separated by one position, 10th and 11th respectively right now. And at that point of the Winston Cup point separation, you see a four-point drop-off by position. So there'd be just a four-point gain for Dale Earnhardt should the race not change position-wise from where we sit at the moment. And he really, really thought he could pick up some points here this weekend on Mark Martin. Had high hopes of doing it, but so far... As you said, it looks like maybe only four points if they continue to run as they are. The leader is still Alan Kowicki. It's been a pretty flawless day for him since about the 300 lap mark here. And for the moment, he continues to enjoy the lead. Bill Elliott still within striking distance, whether he has anything left for him or not. As Mike Beam told Dick Brooks, the crew chief on that car a moment ago, uh, we don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. He says Bill doesn't say a whole lot, and sometimes he really doesn't. Man, was there close quarter racing coming out of turn four as Schrader, Earnhardt, and Gant ran up on the lapped car of Chad Little. Nobody wanted to give, and they don't want to give again. Gant and Schrader racing for position. Earnhardt says along for the ride. Now Chad Little goes to the inside, four wide on the backstretch. Harry Gant wisely is going to lift out of that and let Schrader get straightened out. Kenny's car broke loose off the corner. Now they'll fall in line, single file off four. And that will be the battle for third place. Gant drops down to the inside, sees some daylight there, but Dale Earnhardt's lap car is directly ahead. And again, Harry may have to come out of the throttle in turn one. Schrader goes into the high groove. Now Earnhardt goes way up high. The car gets sideways almost. Schrader comes out with a spot over Gant. Gant trying to rally back on the inside though. He'll wind the Oldsmobile up and get it to a dead heat down the end of the back straightaway. Schrader in the high side. Gant will go down low for third. As Harry makes the move for third spot, the difference between Kowicki and Elliott stabilizing at about 15 car lengths here at the stripe. Third place in question, Gant holds off the challenge, but Schrader wants him again. Kenny Schrader's got the line there on the inside of the racetrack while Harry Gant goes a little bit higher in the groove. Off the corner, Gant's got the spot for now. This time at the end of the back straightaway, Harry Gant's going to open up about two car lengths over Kent Schrader, so that'll settle down just for the moment. Gant brings his car back to the bottom of the racetrack to close the door on Schrader. Yeah, it looks like for the moment the fans have forgotten the battle for the lead between Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki, the kind of racing that's been going on between Harry Gant and Kenny Schrader. For the moment, it settles out just a bit. One car length separate Harry Gant and Kenny Schrader in turn two. Single file for now, but again, Schrader keeps looking down at the inside of the track, trying to get a line underneath Gant. Schrader trying to hang on to Gant's back bumper. They come to the entrance of turn number three now, both trying to get that very lowest groove on the racetrack off the corner. So come back to the stripe. It'll be 10 laps next time by with a differential of four-tenths of a second from first place back to second. Kulwicki to Bill Elliott, then Harry Gant, Ken Schrader, Jeff Bodine, and Sterling Marlin. Those cars on the lead lap as we wind towards a conclusion. The leaders are up in three. Alan Kulwicki coming up on the Jack Pennington car now. He'll go to the outside to try and put a lap on the rookie contender. Not a whole lot of traffic directly ahead of Alan Kulwicki. If he can move around maybe two or three cars, he'll have pretty clear sailing all the way down to the checkered flag, so traffic should shouldn't be a factor between himself and Bill Elliott. Meanwhile, that battle for third, still a tight one. They're working back to turn one. Again, their single file. Harry Gant holding the third spot with Ken Schrader directly behind him. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead, Barney, I think may come down to something you pointed out earlier today in that Bill Elliott may be saving something. We noticed a few laps ago he was right up on the rear deck of Alan Kowicki. Then he drops back for a few laps, but seems like it will. Elliott can close in on Kowicki. For now, he sees there are some laps to go, about 12 remaining, so he just seems to hold his spot for now. Of course, 
we'll have to wait and see if that's the case. They work lap traffic, getting around Tom Kendall here off turn two. And the other thing, keeping an eye on on the back straightaway, Dale Earnhardt's car has suddenly become ill-handling. Here comes Mark Martin to the outside of Earnhardt. This should be a battle for position. Martin to the outside of Earnhardt at the end of the back straightaway, trying to keep from losing any points to Earnhardt. They're side-by-side in four. Ernie Irvin is there. Earnhardt and Martin, they're all battling for position 9, 10, and 11. Two laps down to the leaders. At the stripe, Earnhardt side-by-side with Martin, and Ernie Irvin sneaks through. Irvin's got the spot going into the corner, but still the battle directly behind him. Earnhardt and Mark Martin, they're side-by-side. Off the corner and onto the back straightaway. Earnhardt is on the inside. Martin is on the outside. It's a dead heat at the entrance to turn number three. They go cleanly side-by-side, halfway through the corner and onto the straightaway. And all of a sudden, the fans are watching a couple of cars laps down go at it here in the final stages of the AC Delco 500. Back into turn number one. Earnhardt down to the inside. Martin on the high side. Martin tries to hold his car down low, but not too low because Earnhardt is directly underneath him. Off the corner, the good Rick Chevrolet gets the edge. They come up on some lap traffic now. They go to the outside of the Rick Jeffrey car. Earnhardt will pull up in front of Martin. Martin has to give way in the traffic in turn three. Sterling Marlin across the stripe. Smoke now begins to show from behind the Sunoco Oldsmobile, even more so than we've talked about in the last few laps. We'll see if he can hold on. And Bobby Hillen trying to hold on as he and Rick Wilson came awfully close together in turn four. Hillen's car, by all rights, should have gone around, and he managed to save it. Did a good piece of driving to keep it in a straight line. It just about turned around and went into the outside wall. Here's a big plume of smoke out of Sterling Marlin's Sunoco machine, and he may be in the garage when the checkered flag comes down way off the pace heading for turn one. Marlin's been smoking around the last five laps or so. He's keeping the car down on the lower groove. You can hear the machine missing as it comes by us in turn two. Also, Brett Bodine showing some smoke out of the Quaker State Buick and while Kulwicki's lead over Bill Elliott is steady, that battle for third rages on. Ken Schrader and Harry Gant going back at it again. Last time by, Schrader was underneath Gant. Harry continues to try and hold him off there in turn four. They come back to the stripe. Schrader wants to peek to the inside. 488 laps on the board. At the stripe, Gant holds off Schrader again for third and fourth spot. And further back, the Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Ernie Irvin battle. That one has been ongoing here with the moment. It's Irvin having pulled away from Earnhardt and Martin. 488 laps on the board, 489 this time by. And what a big win this would be for Alan Kowicki if he can hang on. Well, he's still looking for that first win in the year 1990. He felt like he might be able Trouble. to pull. Trouble in turn four. Darrell Waltrip spins in front of Morgan Shepard, locks the car down in the middle of the racetrack. All the traffic will clear, but Waltrip spins to the bottom of the corner. And puts us under yellow flag conditions. Caution is on the speedway. Darrell Waltrip turned it all the way around, almost backed up into the outside wall, but just kept it locked up good piece of driving by several drivers to keep from colliding with Darrell Waltrip. He comes on around the speedway, but it has brought the caution out, and this may change the complexion on everything. Well, I would guess now at 490, that's going to do it for the race, Barney, because it'll be white flag next time, and then the checker the next time by. So Alan Kowicki, who would come around and take the white flag this time on lap 491, so that spin is going to end us under caution. Because if I'm not mistaken, and I assume the scoreboard is correct, we'll have white flag this next time by as the lead cars are being picked up by Elmo Langley in the Pontiac Grand Prix Turbo. And indeed the case. Doyle Ford has the white flag in hand. And Alan Kowicki is going to take the white. And Schrader's going down pit road. Kenny Schrader, who was in fourth behind Harry Gant, is going to go down pit road, make a stop and he will lose a position or two and likely end up sixth here in the AC Delco 500. What a finish. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. 
Well, I tell you, there's an awful lot of awful lot of jumping and hopping. They, some of these girls has been standing around here with uh, both hands, with all four fingers crossed on each hand, and uh, a lot of congratulations going on here. With <laughs> now we're looking at Kenny Schrader's automobile, Dick. He just brought it in, uh, just dived off the corner up there. It will be a lap or so, one more lap around, and Alan Kowicki will take the checkered flag and be heading down to victory lane, and there will be some happiness. But they did change right side rubber on Kenny Schrader's car, so apparently he had a tire problem in the late stages. And, boy, after running as hard as he did Man. to lose what, two or three spots anyway. Yeah, he'll lose a couple of spots, I would assume, as uh, he will certainly be bypassed by Jeff Bodine and by Sterling Marlin, I would assume, and uh, we'll get a verification on scoring, but certainly Schrader will lose one spot. And here they come towards the stripe. The checkered flag will be unfurled by Doyle Ford. The second Winston Cup win for Alan Kulwicki. He had won some 55 races ago. Phoenix, Arizona, 1988. And under caution, Alan smiles and waves to the crowd. And now the jumping begins as Paul Andrews and the Xerox Ford crew celebrate with Dick Brooks down there on pit road. Well, I sure do, and I'll uh, talk to them in a minute here, but I'm not going to get in this mess right yet. These are a bunch of happy boys. I'll tell you, they, uh, they've been just sitting there with all their fingers crossed for the last, uh, last few minutes. I'll be with them in a minute. It's been a long time since Alan Kowicki has been in the victory lane. Well, uh, everybody's waiting for uh, Alan to come up in the victory lane. There's nobody here. <laughs> So while they wait on Alan Kowicki, let's go to the gas pumps where Winston Kelly and Jim Phillips are standing by. Fellas? We have Bill Elliott here, second place finish for you today, Bill. Early in the race, it looked like you could pull up there and take it, and the end, he had a little bit too much for you. Well, Alan run a good race. I was glad to see him win. You know, it's been a long time, a long struggle for him. I know kind of how he feels, but, you know, we had a good day. The crew did a heck of a good job, and, you know, I'm just thankful we came home all in one piece, and we'll get ready to go to Phoenix next week. How about your car today? A lot of people were complaining about their cars being too tight today at this racetrack. I was a little off, but it still wasn't bad. You know, Alan was just real good. He was, he and I was about the same in three and four, and he was a little better than I was in one and two, but, man, he ran a good race. That's all I can say. That's Bill Elliott, the second-place finisher here today in the AC Delco 500. Now we see Kowicki's car now heading for victory lane, a little bit late getting there, but better late than never as Alan Kowicki has just picked up the wind here in the AC Delco 500. Dick Brooks will be with him in just a minute. Meanwhile, let's check in with Winston Kelly. We're standing with Harry Gann, who came home third. A well of a battle there with Kenny Schrader. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was him, then me, then side by side, but uh, we managed to get a little ahead there, and the caution came out, then it was all right. <laughs> what did he tell you when he walked up here? Oh, you're just laughing and commenting about it there, you know. But I was having to slow up a lot to keep him behind me, then accelerate. And uh, the groove was pretty slick. I mean, them both was trying to get to bottom, and then it was hard to do. Harry had a good race. Kenny came up, and he kind of jokingly with him said, you do pretty good for an old man. Harry Gant comes home third this afternoon. Again, Alan Kowicki, the winner. Bill Elliott will finish second. Harry Gant third, fourth to Jeff Bodine. Unofficially fifth looks like Kenny Schrader, and sixth would be Sterling Marlin. Let's go back to victory lane. Well, Alan's sitting hey, in the car. Hey, He's just getting ready to get out. Getting a few hats and stuff. He got a little problem getting up here. I think they blocked him off down by the gas pumps and he couldn't get here. Alan, what do you think? Man, this is going to be a good day. Man, this makes it all worthwhile. Uh, you know, we battled so hard so long this year to come back. And, uh, you know, I said we had a good team and a good car. And we ran good all day. You know, we ran a clean race, didn't have any problems. We had good pit stops. The guys in the crew did an excellent job. And Paul Andrews, uh, Danny Glad, uh, Ken Langford, Tony Gibson, all the guys on the crew. Uh, Doug Riker was changing tires for us. Everybody did a good job. It was a team effort, and uh, we just put together a whole good race today, 500 good miles. And i got to thank uh, 
My sponsor, Xerox Antifreeze, uh, Napa, and this Ford Thunderbird sure ran great. Uh, we just had a good day. Radial tires worked good. Everything was fine. Alan, I've talked to you two or three times. Uh, I remember one in Pocono and a couple other places. It was just a heartbreaker right at the end. Just the last couple laps, something would happen or something. Did you start feeling any vibrations or hearing any noises the last few laps this time? Well, one time I thought I did. You know, this track's a little bit bumpy, and you come off the corner, and, you know, the wheels chatter a little bit sometimes. But uh, it's a good, solid car. It ran good all day, and, uh, you know, that caution came out at the end there. But I, I don't think that really affected the outcome. And, uh, you know, to see Bill Elliott and Dale Earnhardt congratulate me at the end of the race really makes me feel good. Uh, it's a great day for us. This is what we've been working for. Did you really think you had him beat? I mean, you, Bill was sitting back there. It seems like times he was a little bit stronger than other times. Did you have anything left? No. Nah, you know, Bill's car ran good, but overall I think our car was a little bit better. Uh, you know, Kyle ran real good. Uh, we were a little bit too tight earlier in the race, but we kept getting better and better. And he had problems. Uh, you know, he would have been tough to beat, but uh, we've let plenty of races slip away over the last two years. And, you know, you got to be there at the end. And, we were today. We earned this one. Uh, it's not a short track. It's a speedway. I'm just really proud of the guys and the crew. Well, he sure is. And I'll tell you, this crew's a happy bunch of people. These boys worked a long time. They've been anticipating this long enough that they're full of joy, man. And they're letting it out. Can't blame them for that. It's a well-earned victory for Alan Kowicki here this afternoon. And again, Bill Elliott will finish second. Harry Gant third. Fourth to Jeff Bodine and unofficially fifth. Looks like Kenny Schrader. Boy, he had tough luck at the end. He really did. Kenny Schrader will finish in fifth ahead of Sterling Marlin, who goes in sixth. Uh, rounding out the top ten would be the Ricky Rudcar in seventh, Darrell Waltrip eighth, ninth would be Ernie Irvin, and tenth, Dale Earnhardt. Eleventh will be Mark Martin. So at that juncture, you're looking at a four-point drop-off between the two. So we're looking at a 45-point separation unofficially between Mark Martin, who leads Dale Earnhardt in the Winston Cup points, heading to Phoenix in a couple of weeks' time. Let's check back in with Jim Phillips. Well, we caught up with Jeff Bodine. Jeff, you finished fourth today, but you had some problems, didn't you? Well, that's right, uh... Let me first say hi to Kathy, Matt, Barry, Mike. I haven't talked to anyone on a radio, TV all weekend, so i got to say hi to them. They're back home listening. Tell them I'll uh, see them in a little while. I love them. We had a good race. Uh, we got way behind. Uh, really had to fight the car the first uh, couple of two or three runs. Couldn't get it to working right. Came in on uh, the green, changed some tires. Uh, they made some adjustments. Uh, Tim Brewer, Junior Johnson, the crew, and, boy, the car took off. Uh, we got back in the lead lap and just pulled away from the leaders. Thought we had a, a race car that was going to be able to win the race. Then we changed some more tires, and uh, we just never could get that same setup back. Uh, I don't know what it was. I guess our setup just didn't match these radial tires quite like uh, Allen's and Bill's and guys ahead of us. But the car ran good. It stayed together all day long. Again, the, the Budweiser pit crew did a, a great job in the pit area. Thank them. And, uh, hey, it's... Not a bad run. Kenny Schrader gave us a little break there at the end. He thought it was a 500-lap race, and wasn't quite that many laps for Kenny. He pitted for tires. It would have been a good move if there's some more laps left, but he ran out of time, and we gained a spot. But it was a good, safe race, and uh, congratulations, Alan. Had to drive with one, one eye for a while, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I lost a contact lens out of my right eye about halfway through the race, and I'm right-eye dominant, so I'm a little blurred vision. Uh, the rest of the day, and uh, you look a little blurry. Something wrong with you? Maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeff Bodine, the fourth-place finisher here this afternoon.
Time now for the MRN crew to select the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. The winner getting $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. There were plenty of those kind of moves this afternoon. Joe Moore, your thoughts? I think the coolest thing I saw all day, Eli, was the Morgan McClure team working with Ernie Irvin. He had numerous problems, kept battling back, stayed up there among the front runners, although later on in the race, more serious problems put him behind. But I'll vote for the Morgan McClure team. Alan Bestwick. I'll give it on to Bobby Hillen in that uh, about 10 laps to go or so when he got together with, with Rick Wilson up in turn four he should have crashed that race car did a great job to keep it off the wall and bring it home in one piece let's go to winston kelly for a nomination before i cast my nomination i've caught up with kenny schrader who's getting a hug from daughter dorothy lynn kenny a good race what happened there toward the end when you came in we thought there was one more lap to go or i, I imagine uh, i don't know if everybody thought it but i thought it and i made a decision i asked uh, our scorer how many laps or how many cars are on the lead lap she said fifth we were sitting there fourth. I saw a chance to maybe go forward, and we can only go back one spot. So uh, I ducked down pit road. Awful strong run there with Harry Gant toward the end. That had to be some fun racing. It was real fun racing. You know, you can, you know, uh, when you're up beside Harry, that uh, he's not going to you know, just crash a big time or anything like that. He's it's really fun to race with Harry. I hope uh, he felt as comfortable as I did. That's Kenny Schrader. He came home fifth this afternoon. And I'm going to throw my nomination in the direction of Kyle Petty. When he came off of turn number two, a lap car of Mike Skinner got a little bit sideways in front of him and a lot of other lap cars around him. Kyle backed off at that point. Even though he had a four or five second advantage, he knew there was a lot of time left in the race. He backed off, then made his way around those cars. So my nomination goes to Kyle Petty. Jim Phillips? Well, my nomination goes to Kyle Petty, but for a different reason. The altercation he had with Derek Cope on the front straightaway uh, Derek got him completely sideways, and he was leading the race at the time, and he held it, didn't lose it, so my vote goes to Kyle Petty. Dick Brooks? Well, I'm not going to win, but i uh, seen Rusty Wallace uh, save a man's life today, and he stalled his car doing it. Uh, it was a pretty, it was an awful good move. He's seen the guy, the guy ran in front of him, he stopped, and he only bumped him. So uh, i got to give it to Rusty Wallace. He was heads up driving. Tough to argue with that. I'm going to nominate Jack Pennington because here's a fellow with limited Winston Cup experience, and he did a heck of a job not to hit, hit Rick Mast when Mast was spinning his car up in the corner. So I'm going to nominate uh, Jack Pennington for uh, the Peak Award today, Barney. Well, I think I'll go along with what Dick Brooks said on Rusty Wallace down on Pitt Road. Uh, that was some heads-up driving, so I'll cast my vote in that direction. Well, while we break away, we'll try and sort out the uh, quandary of a tie between Kyle Petty and Rusty Wallace. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. We're standing alongside Mark Martin, driver of the Folgers Coffee Ford Thunderbird. Mark, it was a tough day all day long, but the team and you just kept digging. I can't believe, you know, that uh, uh, we've, you know, we had a streak of... 10 or 12 races where we ran like Jack the Bear every week and it seemed to come easy and then the last two weeks in a row you know we've had had trouble so I don't know you know it just goes to show you you never know I really think that uh, I'm looking forward to taking the Folgers Valvoline Thunderbird to Phoenix I think we'll you know we'll have one of the hottest cars out there um, I think if we can come back here tomorrow we might have a hot car but it wasn't you know it wasn't hot today and and I think we know what we did wrong what kind of problems did you have? Was it handling today in the motor or what? No, the motor ran good. I wish I could have used it all. <laughs> I'd have been in good shape, man. I had a hoss under the hood. But uh, uh, we just never could quite get the car to handle like we wanted it to, although we did get it a lot better there toward the end. Well, they didn't lose but four points today, and with these bulletproof, bulletproof motors that Jack Roush continues to build, they'll be back strong next week.
The AC Delco 500 having been won by Alan Kolwicki. We have broken the tie on the Peak Award this afternoon, and we will give the $500 to Rusty Wallace for his heads-up piece of driving on the pit lane earlier this afternoon. The members of the press covering the AC Delco 500 vote Kyle Petty the Goodies Headache Award. So Kyle takes home $750 from the folks at Goodies Manufacturing and $250 in a donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina in Kyle Petty's name from Goodies Manufacturing. Of course, with his win, Alan Kowicki is inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions. He also takes home the $1,000 from Dinner Bell Meats as the winner of the Top Dog Award. He also led today in the True Value Hard Charger competition. So pretty much a clean sweep for Alan Kulwicki, Sterling Marlin, who started 29th and finished in 6th, will take home the Heinz Ketchup Award as the driver who improved the most positions here this afternoon. And we now have the final rundown. Take a look at the running order. Alan Kulwicki, the winner. Bill Elliott finishes 2nd. Harry Gant, 3rd. Jeff Bodine, 4th. Kenny Schrader, 5th. Sterling Marlin, 6th. Ricky Rudd was 7th. 8th was Darrell Waltrip, ninth. Goes to Ernie Irvin. Dale Earnhardt will finish 10th. Mark Martin finishes 11th. So, as we said, Earnhardt picks up only four points on Mark Martin for the Winston Cup Championship. 12th position goes to Morgan Shepard. Terry Labonte finished 13th. Bobby Hill in 14th. Brett Bodine 15th. 16th was Michael Waltrip, 17th, Dale Jarrett. Rick Wilson finishes 18th, Larry Pearson 19th, and Kyle Petty rounds out the top 20. 21st will go to Richard Petty, 22nd, Rick Mast. Dave Marcus finishes 23rd, 24th will be Jack Pennington. Chad Little finished 25th today, 26th going to Tommy Kendall. Jimmy Bowne finishes 27th, 28th is Jimmy Means, Davey Allison 29th, and 30th will be Rick Jeffries, 31st is Jimmy Hensley, 32nd Rusty Wallace, 20, uh, th- excuse me, 33rd goes to Derek Cope, 34th will be Hutch Strickland, Mike Skinner finishes 35th, Dick Trickle 36th, 37th this afternoon is Ted Musgrave, in 38th position will be Jeff Purvis, 39th spot is Tracy Leslie, and the first car out of the race today, finishing in 40th, will be driver Charlie Baker. Next week, the Winston Cup Series takes the day off, but MRN does not. We'll be joining you next Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern time from the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. The Winston 500 Classic will be on the air. The final races of the year for the Bush Grand National and NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. Broadcast time 1 o'clock next Sunday on track activity in Martinsville begin Thursday afternoon with practice and qualifying. We'd love to see you there if you can all join us. And don't forget the final two Winston Cup races of the season. You'll hear them both on MRN Radio November 4th, the Checker 500 from Phoenix, and November 18th, the Atlanta Journal 500 from the Atlanta International Raceway. On Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we'll be on the air again with an edition of NASCAR Live. We'll open up the phone lines toll-free. Our number is one 800 2 NASCAR as we take a look back at today's running of the AC Delco 500 and of course each and every weekday afternoon Alan Bestwick is along with the latest NASCAR news on NASCAR Today. You might want to check your local MRN station for the time of broadcast in your area. Our thanks to Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick who are in the turns today. Our pit coverage from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly. Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson were on the scoring loop Ted Stone was our production assistant, and we certainly thank you so much for joining us here in Rockingham this afternoon. Our congratulations to Alan Kulwicki, who pulls off his second career Winston Cup win. And until we talk to you next, for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. So long and good afternoon from Rockingham. 
MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the North Carolina Motor Speedway. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations, Pat Hensley and David Hyatt. Production assistants, Tina Marr, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock Inventory Management Solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/slash Keep Stock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.